welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're back again from our little holiday hiatus. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling recharged. I'm feeling vivacious. I'm feeling, uh, well, honestly, I'm feeling locked down again because uh, <laughs> 2022 apparently is just, you know, a rerun of 2021. And I feel we're back exactly where we were this yeah. time last year. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, but you know what? At least I get to share it with you and everyone in the chat. We got a whole shit ton of news here to cover from the time we've been away. <clears throat> Matt has once again updated uh, our little UI overlay here. And, oh, it looks shiny and nice, Matt. Good job. It looks very new, doesn't it? It looks very nice. We're in the space age now, 2022. <laughs> it really does sound like a sci-fi dystopia, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's fitting, yeah. It's very much so. So uh, how was your time off, Matt? How did you spend your holiday? Uh, it was pretty good. I spent most of my holiday and most of my time off from this show sick. <laughs> oh, no, that sucks. Now, yeah. Again, he didn't get the big one. <laughs> no, I didn't get the Rona, no. No, no, I just got, like, a really bad, like, uh like chest infection cold and i couldn't Yikes. talk for a long time for like two weeks um yeah. it was very hard for me to talk but um i'm starting to get better now i've still got a cough so every now and then i might mute my mic to cough like yeah, i have okay. a smoker's cough um oh, but uh yeah uh it's, it's a lot better than it was you know e even just like three or four days ago I could hear it before we started there, that little, like, I'm not quite as sick as I was, but I've clearly damaged my yep. vocal cords. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you really don't think about this line of work that you and I are in, how much we really need our voices and how our voices really are our instruments and how even when we do get sick, we got to work sick at this thing. Yeah, yeah. Pretty. I, I took a couple of days off there just to, so because I could not talk at all. So I ended up doing a lot of Let's Play stuff, uh, just That's uploading good. shit to my channel. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it was it was actually kind of good because it allowed me to like sort of start, because uh, I could still write reviews and stuff. Uh, it allowed mm. me to like bank all of them and so I can just That's like good. get get them done once I'm like fully recovered. Right, right. I slept in a bit, which mm -hmm. I love to do, and I've mm -hmm. ended up really messing up my sleep. Now I'm like staying up to like 5 a.m. and sleeping until 2, and I'm like, well, that's not good for anyone. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. But it's like, hey, I don't have the one appointment I have to keep anymore, so nothing fucking matters <laughs> anymore. Can't go anywhere, can't do anything. What is time? What is a day? It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I work from home. It doesn't fucking matter. I'll try TikTok because, you know, I need something else to lose <clears throat> myself into. Oh, yeah. Cape Joel has a TikTok now, everyone, if you're interested. <laughs> I, I, I've been dabbling with the idea of getting one as well. We were talking about this before we started. We just got to take the best segments from this and upload it in three-minute chunks. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, I don't know about you, Matt, but I'm a, I'm a little long-winded sometimes, so the idea of paring myself down to only three minutes. It's very hard. It's very hard. It is. Because like, we're on that YouTube mindset of, okay, we got to get to yes. 10 minutes. we got to do 10 minutes. <laughs> got to stretch it out. Any good content needs to be stretched out. Yeah. Hats off to the people who can do it. There's a guy there who does comic videos, you've probably seen him. He's, he's, a, he's a young black guy, he's really animated and everything, and he gets a lot done in three minutes, and I really respect his work. And I'm like, damn, I wish I could do it like him. And he's got, like, all these, like, you know, transitions and smash cuts and everything. And I'm like, damn, so apparently if you put in the time, you can make something really cool out of this. You can, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm old, though. N never has anything <laughs> made me feel more old. <laughs> Also, if I see that emotional damage guy one more time. Uh, don't you like that meme? 
Oh, yeah. I, I liked it the first 20 times I saw it. <laughs> I wonder how the fuck does that guy feel? Because on one hand, you're a meme and everywhere and you'll never be more famous. But on the other hand, eventually you'll grow to hate your own work, right? Event, yeah, yeah. I can say that I have never been so popular that I grew to hate my own work. <laughs> but there's time, you know. That's that's the thing. That's on my vision board for 2022. Get so popular Get, I hate my own work. You hate yourself and your work, yeah. I hate myself and my work. Oh, my God. What am I even doing anymore? <laughs> uh, watched a lot of TV while we were off there. I was telling you I'm like two and a half seasons into uh, Succession right now. I finally caught the Succession bug. Yeah, it, it took me a little bit to get into it, but I, I, but once I did, once I like found like the, like how it works, the how rhythm, the show yeah. works, I just, I like binged all three seasons in like a week. It's rich people being very mean to one another. <clears throat> and it, the, the, the best thing is as well is it's, it's a comedy Yes. But none of the characters play it as a comedy because nothing to no. them is funny, but it's funny to us because we're yeah, not they're... we're not fucking rich assholes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a very interesting headspace that the show exists in because yeah, they're all jaded, emotionally stunted assholes <laughs> who are just like sniping at each other and you know like tearing pieces out of each other, and they're like a dysfunctional family. And Brian Cox is great in it. This <clears> is his like you know Walter White you know TV yep. show moment. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic in it. Yeah, look how good an actor. What blows me away is that show is produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Yeah, I know they they direct. Uh, well, I know Adam McKay directed at least the first one or two episodes yeah. of it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh yeah, Adam McKay is a guy who like dips his toes into bl- political commentary. And then I saw on like Netflix this week the campaign with Will Ferrell was on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, and Brian Cox is in that too for a minute. <laughs> so this is what it's all been leading to. Mm-hmm. I find it funny that HBO has that and Righteous Gemstones on back to back because they're both shows about like rich dysfunctional families. Yeah, yeah. But the Gemstones are like actually more likable than the Roys because the there is a likability act- to them. Yeah. Like the Gemstones actually love each other. You kind of <laughs> get that feeling, and like they learn lessons at the end. And they have emotions. <laughs> yeah, they actually have emotions where they're basically all cold robotic monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's what's so fun about it. If anything, it's a show that demystifies, like, the dream of wealth, where it's like, oh, yeah, if you're rich, you know, your life would be great. No, if you were rich and rich your whole life, you would basically be a goddamn mental patient. Yeah, yeah. I I think there was, like, a study there where it's like, you know, once you start making enough money that you, like, don't have to do your own shopping anymore, that's when you start, like, getting depressed and going crazy because you're not really a real person anymore. Yeah, you're just a husk of a human being. Yeah, you don't do, like, the regular stuff that, like, connects you to humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a whole show about that. Yeah. But, yeah, so we got a ton of news saved up from our time away there. So if some of these are old, just know that we've been collecting them for, like, the last two weeks so we could have this (laughs) big 260th episode and tell you all about it. Yeah, we got a big show. We sure. Big show. Very big show. Big show for everybody. So uh, I guess we'll start with some of the newer stuff right now. And this one surprised the hell out of me. I'm sure you read the same story I did. But Warner Brothers and Viacom are batting around the idea of selling the CW home to the whole DC CW universe. Yeah. Now, obviously, this doesn't mean none of the shows stop. It just means that WB. No, they probably would stay on the show. They just have different contracts. Right. It just wouldn't be wb owning the channel 
and they might call it something else because the CW mm-hmm. wasn't always the CW. No, no it was used to be WB. Used to be WB, but yeah, there's there's a lot of uncertainty right now about the future of these shows because basically the idea that was floating around in the article is that uh, the CW hasn't been profitable for a very long time. Very long time, yeah. And because obviously Viacom owns the parent company now, it's trying to make some cuts as they do trim the fat. And yeah, now it's out there for the world to see that, oh, this channel hasn't actually been making that much money yet. Meanwhile, it had like, 15 seasons of supernatural yeah 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 which is shocking and again you know you want to talk about big business and big money and everything wait wait so you mean that i can have a whole station for like a couple decades to not turn a profit and it's still on tv just because just because yeah again let that you know shut up anyone who thinks we live in a meritocracy or anything and that (laughs) stuff just doesn't happen because (laughs) You got to figure, too, that this is worrisome for, like, the people who are making and who are on that Naomi show. Because it's like, hey, everyone, it's the brand new CW thing. Get excited for it and everything. But also, you know, the network might be sold for parts at some point. Well, yeah, well again, like I said, like, these shows, they could s- still continue on whatever the CW comes. All it, all it means is, like, contracts would change. Instead of, like, yeah. in the contract it says, own a company, Warner Brothers, it'll say, like something else own a company whoever buys amazon yeah whoever that fucking buys it disney (laughs) (laughs) the the bezos company (laughs) you know just jeff bezos himself there yeah it's crazy to think that you know these shows have been on as long as they have and that you know the cw has managed Mm -hmm. to create this you know viable dc universe all their own basically out of scraps from other stuff and you wonder that even if this wasn't the case, surely there would come a time when HBO Max or the powers that be would want to fold them in to whatever streaming television looks like in the future. Because it's almost kind of weird to watch like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch the new Lois and Clark on regular television. <laughs> and the fact that they are their own universe and they are kind of their own thing over here and they're left alone. It's very it's very interesting. It is. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure CW has other shows too, but obviously this only relates to us because <laughs> of the whole superhero content. No, this is all they have. This and that fucking Riverdale show. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. That, that's it. Riverdale show, I which for- is also about the multiverse. Oh, is, is that where they've gotten? I know, uh, what is it, that <clears throat> that show went fucking insane at a point. I Yeah, I, well, last I saw it had something to do with, like, World War Two and, like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was involved, and... Okay, which makes a weird amount of sense. But is it the same Sabrina the Teenage <clears throat> Witch from the Sabrina show on Netflix, or yes. is that a totally different No, it's thing? the same one. It's the same one. Okay. I respect them for doing that, because people forget that uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch actually got her start in Archie Comics. She mm-hmm. was the hot goth girl. Yeah, I think there was also a, th- a story where, like, Archie Comics existed in the show, and it was written by the, the, the like, Archie characters. And oh. Yeah, I, I don't... F- yeah, it, it's just fucking insane whatever that show has become. I, I'm looking at all the shows they uh, seem to have now. Walker, which I'm guessing is that, like, the remake of Walker, yes. Texas Ranger? Yeah, it is, yeah. I don't see anyone talking about that. Is the oh no, okay, the one hundred ended in twenty twenty, so that's done. Yeah. I know people were really into that for a bit. That show Kung Fu, which totally looks like they were looked over at the other network and they're like, Hey, uh, this other, you know, Bruce Lee type show looks popular. Can we just do well, that? Warrior? I think it, I think it's a remake of a show called Kung Fu. I think the I think it was the, the David one, Carradine yeah, the show? Da- yeah, the David Carradine show. I think it, it's a remake of that. 
No shit. Yeah, I wondered why they haven't remade that one yet. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, they made it less racist. Mm. A little bit. Yeah, you go back and watch some of those. Especially Kung Fu The Legend Continues when they're like, mm -hmm. fuck it, just take Kwai Chan Kane and move him to New York. Yeah, and, and say he's that just police mysteries. <laughs> yeah. That show is fucking... Like, it's bad, but it's the best kind of bad. I love old-ass David Carradine beating guys by moving very slowly. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got that new Legend of the Hidden Temple show, too, don't they? Wasn't that CW? Oh, really? I think so. <clears throat> I could be wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just imagining things. I'm looking at all the shows. Okay, now these are just old shows they've had. So, yeah, doesn't sound like they have much going on on the CW. <laughs> yeah, superhero shows and Riverdale looks to be about it. Pretty much, yeah. Reruns, probably so, some other stuff as yeah. well. So yeah, I, I I wonder, I really wonder. But yeah, there's the news about that, everyone. Don't be shocked if the network ends up changing hands. But hey, it was other stuff before because it was the WB before it was mm -hmm. the CW. Mm -hmm. And and uh, shows like Smallville and all that survive that. Yeah, true enough. So there's like good uh, good precedent for it all mm -hmm. that these shows won't be going away, which is you know good because I'm excited for more Lois and Clark. Exactly. That starts back in two days. Oh, well, holy well, shit. That, well, if you're watching this uh, not live, then it's already back. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right, because this show goes up on <clears> Wednesday. <throat> I'm excited for that. Legends has been pretty good. Oh, is that back? Yes. Yeah, Legends, well, I'm, I'm Legends continues to be I'm way too funny. behind on that show. That's how I feel about Flash <clears> right now. It's like, well, I'm too behind now to catch you up. Oh, it it, it was like, oh, these, these Armageddon episodes are pretty good. Ah, they shit the bed at the end. There. Oh, they're bringing back the fucking kids again. Ah, God damn it. You that's, had it you had it there. You had it there and you fucking ruined it. That's a bigger question or a bigger conversation we'll have to have about the CW shows and that's like some of these don't need to keep going. Like I think the Flash probably could have ended now. Well, well, I have to imagine most of these will probably be ending very soon. Like I have to imagine yeah, Flash will be ending soon. Maybe Batwoman will be ending shortly. I I I'm not too sure how that show's doing. Superman uh, Superman and Lois is probably their biggest show and that's probably going to stick yeah. around for a while star girl of course mm -hmm. another mm -hmm. one they still got going yeah that's got season three coming up which i liked mr bones yes yes mr bones no one, no one talks about that when that happened that's no, freaking I, know. Mr. Bones. Like, I know you and i were both like what the <clears throat> fuck is wrong with you all comic book <laughs> yo universe online you're not talking about mr bones what are you too good for mr bones <laughs> philistines uh eric stanley helping us out happy new year's guys uh do you have takes on hickman's interview with jay and miles about the purpose of his act one and what was cut out of act one? Oh, i had no idea hickman even did interviews i know jay yeah. and miles are that big popular x-men podcast yeah no i didn't know he did uh interviews either yeah i a podcast <coughs> you mean we, we could have had hickman? <laughs> we could have been talking to hickman this whole time and picking his brain <laughs> Well, again, I know Jane Miles is like maybe one of the most successful podcasts and they only talk about X-Men. So, you know, but don't worry, we'll be talking about Inferno and everything else later uh, on in the show. I know Matt and I have lots of takes and ideas, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Uh, now, moving on from there to some more TV news, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, HBO uh, Max there. Ed Brubaker was announced this week to be joining the creative team of Batman Cape Crusader, and I was really surprised by this. I was surprised and even more excited for this show now. Absolutely, of course. You know, uh, Batman Cape Crusader is the big, hotly anticipated new Batman animated show from uh, Bruce Timm 
and also J.J. Abrams and also Matt Reeves are going to be there helping out as, like, executive producers. Yeah, they're all involved somehow in this. Somehow, which was kind of worrying because it's like, oh, I like all those guys individually, but together that sounds like a lot of cooks in the kitchen. It, it, it certainly does. It certainly does. But honestly, the way they were kind of making it sound in the articles is that Brubaker is going to be like the basically like the guy who's going to be running the room, not the show runner, but like the guy in the <laughs> writer's room that's cracking the whip and keeping everyone in line. Yeah, he's, he's going to make sure um, what's his name doesn't add any weird, creepy sex yeah. shit between Batgirl and Batman. And Batman. No, Bruce, no weird <laughs> sex, no JJ, no mystery boxes. <laughs> Except if we're doing a Riddler episode, then you can have a mystery box. Yeah, then it makes sense, yes. Then it makes sense. No, Matt Reeves, no. I don't actually know any of your bad habits <laughs> as a creator. <laughs> I genuinely like most, if not all, the stuff you've made, so there you go. <laughs> can we put some talking monkeys in there? Maybe. <laughs> and we'll have a Gorilla Grodd episode. It'll be great. Ah, that'll be good. Uh, Brubaker is also a really interesting choice, too, when we look back at you know his work for dc because obviously you know he wrote batman mm -hmm. for a little bit there in the 2000s there was like batman fugitive and bruce wayne murderer yep. he had like a whole trilogy of stories yeah he did that have never been adapted before and are something that i could see be adapted in <clears throat> this but more interestingly of course brubaker is the man behind gotham central which is basically law and order in gotham city and one of my favorite series because of mm -hmm. that and also the most famous and probably most well-known Catwoman solo series he wrote as well. Yeah, well, and we know we know for a fact as well Gotham Central is going to be at least somewhat adapted in that new... There's like a, a yeah. live-action series that's tied to uh, Matt Reeves' Batman film. Absolutely, which makes me wonder. I'm like, oh, are they, you know, setting up for this? Is this animated series going to either be involved with it or, you know, at least take inspiration from the other stuff? Because mm -hmm. if so, that's pretty cool, actually, that they might be laying the groundwork early. And it also seem, it, it makes it seem like they've they're starting to sort of get their shit together because it's it. Yeah. That these are, if it is, that means all of these are connected in some way. They got the original uh, creator of it all back mm -hmm. and everything to sort of oversee it. So it looks like there's some sort of uh, coordination actually happening yeah. here. Also, just more comic book writers at all being involved is always, <laughs> you know, a good idea. Absolutely, yeah. Likewise, too, with the fact that he was so, you know, involved in one of the greatest eras of Catwoman, clearly Catwoman is going to play huge in the new The Batman, mm -hmm. the movie. In fact, the last trailer that came out focused on her quite heavily. And I wonder, are they already thinking multimedia? Are they already thinking spinoffs? In fact, the next DC animated movie is going to be a Catwoman movie. Yeah, that comes out in February. It does, and I think Greg Wiseman wrote it or did punch-up for it or something. I know I was going to see it because of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm wondering, are they, like, trying to position Catwoman right now to have, like, a big year in 2022? I think so. I think they are. I think they're, they're actually thinking about this for once. I mean, hey, Wonder Woman got great reviews and made money. Who's, like, another really well-known female character you have? Hey, yeah. Catwoman, why not? Mm-hmm. I'm down for it. Looks like they got some interesting ideas that they're going to be playing with with her. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about the trailer in a minute, but hey, uh, more movie news there. Uh, some costume leaks came out from uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. 
We get to see Thor in some gold armor, much like from the comics. And we also get to see uh, what Jane is going to be looking like as the goddess of thunder. Yeah, and she looks exactly like she did in the comics. 100% like her comic counterpart. It's funny, too, because I know you and I have been asking this question forever because we love getting in the weeds in the comic stuff. And that is like, hey, is she just blonde Jane under the helmet or does she have a completely different <laughs> face? Because the comics never answered that no. question adequately. No, 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 they never did. Never did. I, I have to. I, they'll probably just make Jane blonde. Probably. Also, it, does she have the helmet because it's cool and because <clears throat> that was part of her comic costume? Or are we also doing part of the storyline where she has to keep her identity a secret because that's why she had the helmet? Again, maybe it just comes with the hammer. <laughs> maybe it just comes. I mean, Thor's got a new hammer now, too. I like people, too. Some people, I'm sure you saw, were pissing and moaning about the gold suit. And I'm like, that's how it looked in the book, though. That, that, yeah, that's, uh, what's it? Uh, Walt Simonson's uh, yeah. battle armor. Yeah, it's Simonson, my dude. That's yeah, what it looks like. That's exactly what it looks like. And yeah, it's perfect. I love it. Yeah. And yes, it is loud. And yes, it is over the top because that was the era in comics. And also, too, uh, in that era, Thor had to wear it because, well, he kept his immortality. He lost his <clears throat> invulnerability. His mom gave it to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have to wonder, is that going to be a thing in the movie, too? Is Thor, you know, uh, what is it, uh, injured or hurt in some way? And this is like a healing suit? yeah possibly maybe it's just something that comes with his new with stormbreaker maybe maybe it's like an unlockable or, or something <laughs> it's unlockable yeah ah, i turned in all my v box it could be something he has to fight gore in oh uh, yeah like a whole like you know last movie we need this yeah yeah end of the movie oh i built <clears> you <throat> a new suit mm-hmm and also, too, let's face it, you know, from a sheerly cold-hearted marketing standpoint, yeah, we love new costumes because that means new action figures new and toys. new Halloween costumes. Yeah. yeah, new toys, exactly. Yep. yep. Get your Marvel Legends Thor figure. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd want a lot Marvel Legends Thor figure of this. Man, I gotta get back into the figures, too. You know, I, I took the dive and I ended up getting back into the Pokemon cards because they were, like, oh, one no. of the hottest things. This I know, trust me, man, it's a terrible, terrible thing to get into <laughs> again. It's really addictive. It's gambling for children is what it is. It's scratchy <laughs> lottos, but for nerds. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in April, they got like a bunch of those Marvel Legends retro figures coming out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that Sandman looks good. That's a good yeah. looking shocker. Yep, yep. I kind of need them. I'm going to sit them on my computer so they can look <laughs> at me while I work. <laughs> Be like, hey, get back to work or else. But uh, yeah, I mean, this this looks cool. I like the costumes. They they look like the things they're supposed to look like. Exactly, which doesn't... Uh, I don't know why people were moaning about it. Yeah, it looks... You could, I compared it on Twitter to, like, the, the, the battle suit, and it's exactly the same. Same color scheme, yeah. same helmet with, like, the little eagle thing on it. Yeah. And also, too, even if you don't <clears> like <throat> the picture, it'll probably look better in motion. Oh, I, I, again, you got to... As well, yeah, that this is just concept art. It, yeah, yeah. it's going to look different in, as like a physical costume. Yeah, it's, it's a proof of concept mm-hmm. to prove that we can make it and make it look like that in live action. Yeah. And uh, hey, speaking of costumes, too, uh, we got the new trailer drop for the Batman. So we got a much better look at Catwoman's suit. Yeah, and it looks great. Yeah. Which, again, I, I, people were having trouble with that, too. They're like, oh, I don't like the costume. Like, it's a leather cat suit. Catwoman wears a yeah. leather cat suit. What's what's the problem? The, the the one thing I don't like about it is, like, the mask thing she wears. Because it mm. looks quite quite a bit... It's just, like, a ski mask that she, like, yeah. has over her, her nose. I think that's what's weirding me out. Like, the nose bit. But it's There's better a... than the fucking 
glasses that turn into cat ears that they had in the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah, again, there's a there's a lot of like, you know, Earth One year wanting going on in this, and my assumption is that none of the costumes in this one are going to last. These are all no. gonna be one movie costumes. Oh yeah, absolutely. These are like the prototypes. Yeah. We don't really learn a lot more from this trailer than we have in anything else. There's no. not like any. We get to see some of the action and shit though, and it looks fucking awesome. Like good Batman punches guys pretty hard. They shoot him, but it don't do nothing because his bat armor <laughs> too good. <laughs> Again, he fight in the dark and big red light, and I like it. Yeah, well, one thing I really liked about it as well is that he doesn't actually have the the uh, the glide cape thing when he jumps off the no. building. It's like a uh, was it like a wingsuit, which I thought yeah, was pretty yeah. cool. A very very Spider Man. I always think of that mm-hmm. for Spider Man when he's got the webs mm-hmm. under him as a wingsuit. Yep. Yeah, some uh, some interesting ideas going on in this one. And, uh, well, it was not part of the trailer. The other big thing is we got uh, a full view of what Riddler was going to look like in the movie. And, yeah, he's the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, which makes sense for Riddler. Yeah. That, like, that the, the makes total sense. The Zodiac Killer, for those who don't know, was a real-life San Francisco-era killer who murdered people in a costume that he made with his own symbol and then sent, you know, coded messages to the police to solve. It's exactly what Riddler would do in like a realistic situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it matches this universe they're going for this, you know, earth one thing perfectly. Mm -hmm. Would I have preferred the classic green zoot suit? Yeah. But I mean, I get what they're doing here. Yeah, exactly. It fits the, the world and the aesthetic and everything. Again, it actually makes sense, unlike weird tattooed cartel <clears throat> Joker that made no sense. That people tried to say was better as well. Yeah. I don't know whether you saw that. There were people saying that that, that, that cartel Joker made more sense than than Zodiac Killer Riddler, which... No, it didn't. There are, there are good reinventions and bad reinventions, and I will chop this up to a good reinvention, because mm-hmm. I actually see what you're doing. Exactly, it makes sense. And also, God willing, this will be the Batman series where the villains don't all die at the end. So, God willing, if we ever see Riddler again in one of these, he will be in the classic green suit. This is a proto suit because this is Batman early in his career. Exactly. We could definitely see him in the suit. I imagine we would. I would hope that that would be the thing. He finds a reason to get the bowler hat. And thank you, Tall Geese. Yes, thank you for the uh, subscription. I, I like it's green air from injustice eating an apple that was our <laughs> subscription thing uh spiral in the chat so ted cruz is edward nigma you're saying no no that was ted cruz father who was the zodiac killer <laughs> that's that's my other favorite thing about the zodiac killer too wore a costume taunted the police with puzzles and messages and we still don't fucking know who he was no nah, no nah. <laughs> Isn't that so fun? There was a real goddamn supervillain who wore a costume, killed people, taunted the police, and we don't know who he don't is. Don't know who he was. We, we we think we might, but probably don't. There's been some breaks recently. I remember there was a thing like like a year and a half ago where they're like, yeah, it was an old like Navy code breaker who may have been in some of the places at the right time around the murders, so there's like a good chance it might have been him. Yeah, but we're not too sure yet. We don't know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The real Zodiac Killer totally wore a costume. Create mm-hmm. uh, Crusader Con. Google it. It looks yeah. like a fucking homemade supervillain costume. Yeah, it's like a bag with like a with like yeah. that fucking symbol he has, and yeah, it was like a crosshair and everything. So I'm like, yeah, yeah Riddler is the Zodiac Killer just with a question mark. Mm-hmm. 
again, I, I dig it. I like it. And I, I think people are surprised that I like it, too, because, you know, normally I live by that credo of, like, look, if I can't tell what it is by looking at it, then you did a bad job. The thing is, looking at it, you can tell it's Riddler. Because he still has, yeah. like, the question mark. If he did on the suit, he still has the question yeah. mark and all that sort of stuff. It makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Green question mark. I think he, it's the glasses and eyes thing that's fucking... It's the, like the like. mask thing, yeah, that, that weird I mask thing he, he wears. I think if he didn't have that, people would have been more okay with it. Well, maybe he doesn't wear that for most of the film. Maybe we'll maybe. actually see his face. Which I hope we do, because Paul Dano is an amazing facial actor. He is, yeah. It and he, and he, he likes to, get, to pick roles as well where he gets the shit beat out of him as well. Oh, yeah. Because he's going to oh, get the yeah. shit beat out of him in this. He got a oh, shit God, beat yeah. out of him in, like, There Will Be Blood and Prisoners, Prisoners. and everything he's been in. Is this this guy's Prisoners. fetish? I think so. Hey, is this the creator's thinly veiled fetish? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Paul Dano is great, and he's creepy as fuck, and I really hope that he gets a chance to act and do a lot of talking in this because i yeah. think his performance will win people over even mm -hmm. if you don't love the costume absolutely that's what that's probably also why i'm giving this one a lot of leeway because i've literally been pitching paul dano to be a batman villain since forever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm very much excited for that so there's the batman coming soon maybe we don't know now omicron a bunch of yeah. shit's getting moved around yeah it's meant to be in march but yeah i don't know but who the fuck even knows now all my theaters are closed who the hell knows then again it, this is gonna also be an interesting thing going forward for movie studios where it's like okay gang how greedy are you is the thing because we now know because of spider-man no way home and venom people are willing to risk their lives to see a superhero movie but can you morally live with yourself well they you say that but then uh like stuff like morbius gets delayed mm. uh, when, yeah. when when you would think they'd be like no release the movie now well like spider-man is still in the theaters and this is kind of related to that now now we all know that morbius isn't a real movie <laughs> it doesn't actually exist it's just some tax write-off that, it's that, a that, highly that, elaborate money washing scheme yeah, they only made the trailers you know <laughs> and, and you see they're letting us know that it's fake because they're now going to be releasing morbius on april 1st april fool's day coincidence <laughs> i think not you're gonna go into that theater and it's just gonna be like black and white footage of jared leto showing you his butthole for like an hour <laughs> like there you go fooled you they're going to superimpose Michael Keaton. He's going to come walking out for a second. Because <laughs> that's another thing, too, where it's like, you saw Spider-Man No Way Home, right? You saw what they did with Venom. You now know you never have to see a Sony movie. Yeah, you don't. Because none of it matters, and they straight up told you that none of it matters in yeah, this. Yeah, they, they told you it was all bullshit. <laughs> They told you to your face that it's bullshit and none of it matters. And if there is something we want, like the black suit, we'll just take it. Yeah, we'll just take a piece from it and just do our own shit with it. Yeah, is what we'll do. So you don't need to see Morbius and you don't have to see Craven or any of the other stuff they're pushing because it won't matter. No, no. I hope that was the takeaway. I really do <laughs> hope people learned that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I've been proven wrong about humanity before, but we'll see. Yeah, Morbius will make... It's the next film to make, like, fucking 1.5 billion. Hey, everybody, come down to the Morbius super spreader event. Have a negative <laughs> test and get in free. <laughs> or no, have a positive test and get in free. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're just going to have uh, Jared Leto's coming in from his sex island to have a big old cough off with everybody. Yeah, he's just going to cough over everyone. <laughs> yeah, really? Jesus Christ. <laughs> you think they'd want to get that movie out as quick as they can, too, before, you know, the hard-hitting HBO documentary about what's going down on Jared Leto's island comes out? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Also, too, they've had all this extra time to move it around and edit it around. What What's the over-under? Do we even think that Michael Keaton is going to be in the movie now? Oh, I have no idea. I know that that that, that whole uh, they 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 did say that whole um thing where there was that picture of like Spider Man in the alley, you know, on the wall. Yeah, that, that picture was just a placeholder. So mm. I, I and again, I think they they were, they did the people making the film didn't know what was happening in No Way Home. So oh, I, th- I think they were hoping to replace that with like a picture of Tom Holland Spider Man, but then they're oh, like, yeah. no, 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 like your movie's mm-hmm. bullshit. Doesn't it's not related to our movie. So like, what do we do? Well, I mean. Well, I mean, we now know more than ever because, you know, some of that uh, concept art for No Way Home came out. Originally, America Chavez was supposed mm-hmm. to be in it. So, again, the script for that was supposed to be way different, too. Yeah, well, no, well, that was because uh, Multiverse of Madness was meant to come out mm. before uh, yeah. No Way Home, but it wasn't finished yet. So, yeah, it would have made sense for her to be there and be the one to bring the other Spider-Man into the film. But it couldn't happen because they shifted release dates. So again, you know, let this be a lesson that this shit is way more liquid than we <clears throat> fans think. It's way more malleable, way more, you know, changed on the fly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the fact that they're able to balance all of this and actually make it good and make it make sense is pretty fucking miraculous, isn't it? It is. It really is. Also, too, why would Michael Keaton even be important if he showed up in a Morbius movie now? Because now no one remembers anything. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, again, again, they didn't know what was happening in that film. They just had to guess. <laughs> they just had to guess. Thank you, uh, Jackson Brock, for the follow. Much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> Unless that's the big twist, and Michael Keaton knows everything. I know everything. Why? Because I'm the vulture. That's a power I have. Now. A, vul- a vulture never forgets. Yeah. That's elephants. <laughs> Shit, I'm the elephant now. <laughs> yeah, nah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It will be very interesting. Again, I can't wait to read the reviews for Morbius, assuming it ever comes out, because I'm pretty sure it won't. Has, has I keep, I keep thinking, back? I keep thinking that someone's going to be like someone at like a studio, like someone's going to get access to the movie and just be yeah, like, "Fuck yeah. it," and just dump it on like torrent sites Online. or something, just like full, Look, full, like 4K copy or something. Like X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, now, some of yeah. the effects aren't done yet. <laughs> some of the music isn't there. <laughs> But you can check it out. <laughs> Jared Leto does itself. Look, you can see the movie, but you have to come to my island to see it. <laughs> you have to join my cult. <laughs> One night only. <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny. <clears throat> oh, I like that. All right, moving on from there, we got some more Batman news. Batman Beyond White Knight by Sean Gordon Murphy, the third part in his big Batman White Knight trilogy. Yeah, Beyond the White Knight. I say it's a trilogy, but we also had the Victor Freeze one-shot. <laughs> and the Harley Quinn book. Which was excellent, by the way. I put that on my best of the year list. But yeah, this uh, this looks good. This looks interesting. I am uh, I really want to know what kind of spin they're going to do for Batman Beyond now, because it doesn't look to be that far into the future. No, it doesn't. But uh, yeah, some of the stuff on like the... Um... The cover as well just is quite interesting because obviously we'll be continuing that story with uh, Jason Todd 
coming yep. in and like helping Bruce out while he's in prison. He's his warden, basically. Yeah, yeah, he's his warden, and it looks I. There's a character on there next to who who I I assume is the Terry McGinnis of this universe, oh, but yeah. um, there, there's a character next to him that looks like Bruce, but he's in like GT uh, O gear, which right, is which right, is what yeah. that which is that that Gotham department of whatever. Uh, they're super crime task yeah, force yeah they're super crime task force so imagine so i wonder if maybe bruce isn't batman anymore but he's like some something else yeah does he get like a work release program like we'll let you out but you have to join the gto yeah yeah which would be interesting because that's always kind of been like at the heart of these white knight books mm-hmm. and that's like you know if batman cared so much about the city he'd you know put down the costume and put on a badge and mm-hmm. this is the book that goes okay well what if he actually did do that though exactly yeah which, who man, the timing on this was <clears throat> Sean Gordon Murphy. Jeez, I bet, I bet you couldn't, you know, uh, gauge how culturally how we were all gonna feel about the cops in a little bit. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, you know, little did we know, mass vigilantes, you know, were actually a little rung above. <laughs> boy, well, how, like, how, like, that's that might maybe maybe that's like the entire reason. Maybe like in the years since Batman has been like kidnapped, like the GTO has like like people have been corrupt. have yeah they've been recruiting into the GTO and they've become like corrupt and Batman has to join them to like root to take out them down. root them out and stuff yeah. I, I like that a lot, actually. And, you know, say what you want about Sean Gordon Murphy, and he doesn't say a lot for himself anymore because he's not <clears> social media because he stepped in it one too many times. <laughs> I, I think he's fairly good at gauging fans and what they want. <laughs> and I think he's the sort of guy who would do what you're saying, Matt, and try and get ahead of that. And like, okay, let's actually flip this idea on its head now. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think they would do that. Harley's also front and center, too, because at the end of that Harley miniseries, she basically became the de facto number one hero in Gotham. Mm-hmm. And she's in a relationship with Bruce. Also that, which is incredibly fascinating. And has two kids. Yeah, which is very, very fascinating. I'm interested to see where that will go. Yeah. But yeah, Batman Beyond the White Knight, despite how controversial its creator sometimes is, <laughs> They're good books. They're, they 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 so, you know, we, we always complain about like Batman books, mainly because they're all the same, but this is yeah. one where it's like completely different. It's, it's so true. creative and so cool and so yeah. different. And it's a lot of fun. It, it really is. Yeah. This is, this is one of those Batman books that makes me not hate full on Batman saturation mm-hmm. where it's like, you know what, if they were all more like this and they were all like interesting and meaty and filled with ideas and maybe i don't agree with everyone but it definitely gives me something to think about exactly yeah so it's like, it's like it reminds me of that that there was recently a, a jock batman uh black label book and i i read the first issue of it and it was basically it was literally a copy of that remember back when dc did the uh the like digital books how they had that yes. amazing uh batman series from mark russell with like him yes, and like yeah. harley quinn teamed up to like travel across the city is basically that yeah i was yeah and yeah, i'm like wow this is terrible this is terrible this is just a ripoff of mark russell's book that's that's the problem too when you're making so many batman books eventually people are going to have <clears> the same idea yeah yeah like how many times can arkham get taken over and uh heroes have to go in and save it exactly yeah many many more apparently (laughs) (laughs) so there you go 
what else do we got going on there after that? Uh, oh, hey, so uh, we had talked about this as a rumor before that Jason Aaron might be coming back to Punisher. And we said, eh, that sounds like wishful thinking. Well, apparently the wishful thinking was correct because, yeah, we're getting a brand new 12-issue maxi series from Jason Aaron about the Punisher. Yeah, Punisher's coming back. He's he uh, leading the hand. Yes. Yeah, or like part of the hand. He's got a new cool symbol uh that many people are quick to point out looks a lot like wolverine from when he was oni yeah from when no from wolverine when when he was part of the hand oh shit um but yeah no it that, that's so fucking cool that's so fucking it cool. is it's it's a cool premise a lot of people had a problem with it for obvious reasons because <clears> the <throat> punisher finds himself at an interesting place culturally at the moment mm-hmm. and it mostly comes down to the logo and that is like hey Again, how can we in good conscience keep printing Punisher comics when so many ultra uh, alt-right neo-fascists love the symbol, dirty cops love the symbol, but Disney refuses to sue them and be litigious about these, you know, uh, black market, you know, things they're selling because that would mean Disney would have to take a political stance that they don't want to do because red state money is as good as any money. Yeah, yeah. So for a while there, it's like, well, let's just keep them dead and completely sidestep it. Or let's just get rid of the skull and Disney, you know, and Marvel, you know, Marvel's great about this where it's like, well, we could do those things. We could keep them dead. We could get rid of the skull or we could make a little money off this for a 12 issue series where we flirt with changing the skull design. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for it. The The story sounds cool. He's, he's it part does. of the hand now. I have to imagine this will be like, um, or I have to imagine Jason Aaron will follow up after, uh, uh, Rosenberg's run where he faked his death and I imagine yeah, maybe yeah. maybe he goes into hiding with the hand or something yeah I really hope Aaron you know picks up on that plot thread because eh, in the past Aaron's had a hard time picking up on other people's work I want to see that and I also want to see how this connects to what's going on in Daredevil at the moment because mm-hmm. Elektra's whole big thing is that <clears> her <throat> and Matt need to get married so they can destroy the beast and destroy the hand mm-hmm. completely well, what's that going to look like when Punisher is leading the hand? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, is, well, again, is Punisher leading the hand or, like, an offshoot of the hand? Is there, like, because yeah. there has been in the past different, like, versions of the hand all at once. Is Has Frank himself been possessed by the beast? Mm-hmm. Is that the angle they're is taking with this? Is he the beast, this? yeah. <laughs> is he the beast? Is that the thing where it's like, oh, we loved our friend Frank. We loved the Punisher so much. But, oh, a dark evil force has taken him over and changed his very meaning. Yeah. And I don't think he's our yeah. friend anymore, everyone. I think we need to keep him at arm's <laughs> length now going forward. <laughs> Is that like the meta thing now where it's like, guys, it's, it's like not even cool for us to hang out with him anymore. <laughs> Is this Frank being like, no, I can change them from the inside. I know I can. <laughs> Does he end up going too far? I wonder. I really wonder. There's a lot of places they can go. But yeah, this this for all the reasons and more. And like they wanted it to be controversial. They wanted exactly, us to talk yeah. about it. This has jumped to, like, the top of, like, my must-read pile where it's like, okay, I want to take this fucking ride. Let's see where this goes. Because this is either going to be great or it's going to be a great train wreck. Yeah, I, I, I was excited anyway just because the Punisher is coming back and that they're, they're yeah. finally doing something with him after uh, he, after a, a very long time, like, what, almost three years. Yes, it's been a ve- They left him dead for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's so cool to have him coming back and coming back in such a cool way as well. Totally. 
yeah, I, I will be very interested to see how this changes the Punisher status quo. And also, this one probably stands to be a pretty hot seller because here's the other thing about the Punisher and why Marvel probably felt okay leaving him dead for three years outside just the obvious, you know, controversy of terrible people loving him too much for all the wrong reasons. The Punisher was never a huge moneymaker. He moved a lot of merch, obviously, because it's a very merchable image. But the books themselves were usually always getting canceled prematurely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He never really had like, like a proper run. Like I, I guess like the the Matthew Rosenberg run was probably one of his longest runs. It was. It was one of the longer runs. Yeah. Which again, that one also <clears throat> off the back of controversy because Frank had joined the Secret Empire and evil yep. fake Cap. People were interested to see how Rosenberg kind of put that genie back in the bottle, which he did by making him War Machine first. People forget mm -hmm. that, that Rosenberg did both runs. Yep, yep. And then before that, it's like, not much of anything, and then Ennis. Yeah, yeah, before that, they uh, they did stuff where, like, oh, he's, you know, an angel. He's Frankenstein, Frankenstein. and uh, all this He's bullshit. The space Punisher. Yeah, Space Punisher, which was fucking awesome. Fucking Donny Cates, he... Cosmic Ghost Rider and all that shit. Well, there's Cosmic Ghost Rider, and then there's also Space Punisher, yeah. where he's, like, wearing a... So Punisher yeah. has gone to space twice. Twice, yeah. Then he, like, went into the realms and was, like, killing, like, Frost Trolls and shit as well. Yeah, he had his own Suicide Squad team. Yeah. So, like, Frank has done a lot, and that's why when some people are like, oh, oh, they've ruined the great name of the Punisher by having him lead the hand. I'm like, okay, first off, fuck off. It's a cool idea. Yeah. Second off, have you read a lot of Punisher yeah, recently? This isn't even the, the most insane thing he's done no. recently. Frank traveled back in time to try and kill baby Thanos, but in turn ended yeah. up turning Thanos into a Punisher. Yeah, this this isn't even like top 10 craziest shit. Like, if anything, this is like an idea they probably should have done forever ago and probably didn't because Daredevil already did it once. Mm -hmm. So that's a thing. Yep. I hope he has a moment with Daredevil, and you know he will, where, you know, Matt's like, I did this once. <laughs> it wasn't good. I, it was bad for me. Arguably, it's the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> and Frank's like, nah, I'm good. We can change it. It's good. <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm in you, a good place. You, you, you didn't have guns, but I do. <laughs> there you go. See, you weren't armed enough. I'm armed enough. <laughs> I wonder if they will have him have guns, because uh, I think some of the art that we've seen of him, he's only using, like, uh, bladed weaponry. Swords and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to be, yeah. like, a thing going forward with Frank now. He doesn't use any guns, but he he's uses, like, bladed weaponry and stuff like that. He becomes, like, some fucking fedora ninja. <laughs> Samurai. Yeah, using the fucking swords he bought from the mall. <laughs> That was another great joke I read where they're like, man, Marvel, you really know your angry white boy fan base by turning Punisher into the ultimate weeaboo. <laughs> I went to Japan and trained with ninjas yeah. and swords. He faked his death, and while he was, like, hiding out, he just got super into anime. <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna go fucking lead this Japanese fucking ninja cult. <laughs> In my time off recovering, I watched a lot of Netflix. <laughs> I learned the ways of the JoJo and the One Piece. <laughs> it changed me. I'm different now. <laughs> you don't even know the full breadth of my power. I am ultra For... instinct, Frank. Now. <laughs> Frank's stand is just a gun. <laughs> oh my god! It's just it's a gun. Ted Nugent. <laughs> it's Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent and my Stan Kid Rock bow with the bottom bang to bang diddy diddy. That's all he does. That's his power. He just annoys his you. His stand is Charlton Heston. 
make my fucking day. <laughs> oh my god. See, this is why we need to write the Punisher Matt. <laughs> that's that's how you make all the hate groups not think the skull is cool anymore. You just have me and Matt write ridiculous bullshit with him for like a year. Yeah, no, well again, like our our our, our um pitch where, where he goes to San Francisco and hate helps yes. out uh the LGBTQ community. Yeah, starts defending you get the, the gay community. The, the, the rainbow, the rainbow symbol. Yeah, yeah, becomes part of this girl. He takes like a tie dye shirt and puts it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like yeah, Punisher becomes like the cool dad, the bouncer at the gay bar, defending the gay community <laughs> from hate crimes. That would make all those alt right guys fucking shit themselves, and you'd be telling a good story. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve issues. You call it Frank Castle Pride and Punishment. That's what you call. Hmm. More super chats from people helping us out. Captain Kuhn, as I said on Twitter, his sword, she should shoot his guns into his hands like Jetstream Sam from Metal Gear Rising. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Eric Stanley, I love the idea of a poly relationship with Logan, Gene, Scott, even though it's not explored enough. Are there any other characters from Marvel DC that you feel would work in a poly relationship? Oh, man, that's an excellent question. Shit. Man, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess Peter Parker and all his different girlfriends. Nightwing's got like a million girlfriends. Maybe they can all work it out. Yeah, they, they'll all they'll all get together sometime. Amanda Waller's in a poly relationship with the Squad <laughs> Task Force P, the Poly Squad. <laughs> you know, it's like old, you know, uh, Roman detachments where you know they're all lovers, which means they'll want to fight that much harder to save one another. <laughs> See, I'm joking, but there's like half an interesting idea. There, in there, there is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, because, you know, you don't see a lot of relationships on the Suicide Squad. That's why it's interesting that Match is dating Nocturna now in that book. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that never happens. And Ambush Bug even says that, like, oh, we don't normally do that in here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's your Punisher, everyone. I'm sure Matt and I will be talking about this way more because this just became one of the hottest upcoming books now. Yeah, that comes out in March. Oh, so not that far I, away. I, I want to say much, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, c controversy sometimes leads to people picking up books, and I think that's what they're banking on for this one. And because it's Jason Aaron, who wrote a good Punisher run before, he actually kind of wrote the unofficial sequel to Max. Yeah, he did, yeah. Where he, like, fights uh, Kingpin and Bullseye, mm -hmm. but in the Max universe. Yep. He also fought like a goddamn like pilgrim in that too, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a fucking hitman who was like a Mennonite. Yeah, yeah, like a Protestant. Yeah, I love that guy. I do not use guns for they are technology. I will use the weapons and tools of my people. So like a big sledgehammer and shit. Yeah, fucking love that guy. Where'd that guy go? <laughs> All right, moving on from there. Big event news for 2022 Marvel Judgment Day. <clears throat> which is being sold as an Avengers, X-Men, and Eternal-centric story, which has naturally led everyone and their mother to believe that, oh, surely they must be fighting each other. And they probably are, because this was hinted at in Timeless. Yes, I only knew about this because you told me about it. Now, is Timeless a series, or is it just one issue? One issue. Oh, fuck. Well, if I knew that, I would have read it then. It's just one issue, yeah. It, it's the one See, issue I... that sort of previews what's coming uh, and oh, set, sets okay. up a lot of the stuff that's coming, including this. 
Right, yes. Okay, yeah, they love doing that, don't they? Where it's like, hey, here's here's a primer of what we got mm-hmm. coming from the year. Well, in that case, maybe I should read Timeless. Yeah, and, and it, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good shit fight between Kang and Doctor Doom. The whole, and- the whole premise is that fucking Kang is upset that a, a 21st century writer called Doctor Doom... Uh, the most prolific villain of the 21st century <laughs> and, he's, and he's like no no i am <laughs> i'm gonna fucking That's show funny. you this <laughs> i have a tv show what do you have yeah um but yeah no this it this is probably going to be a big fight between them this is also being hinted at towards in the eternals book as uh, you told me that's how i knew about yeah it. with ajax and all that real uh, like uh coming to the realization that obviously avengers are living in like the corpse of one of their mm-hmm. uh gods and like their gods are speaking to people like robbie reyes and everything but not the eternal so they're getting kind of fucking upset a little pissed yeah so they're, they're, there's a there's a war brewing the x-men though i don't know where they come into it i just imagine yeah. they'll probably be getting involved because the avengers are involved in it helping out their friends and stuff yeah, they don't seem to have a dog in the fight at the no. moment, but they might, though, because in the X-Men book, they keep teasing that, oh, their whole resurrection protocol mm-hmm. thing is going to be spoiled, which means maybe the Eternals are mad that the X-Men are Eternals now, and they're, like, yeah. cutting into their immortality racket, something yeah, like that. I could see that, yeah. Like, one of their gods says, like, oh, this is a fucking affront to the Celestials. Mm-hmm. Only the Eternals were meant to be immortal. The X-Men are fucking up the balance. Yeah, may- maybe, yeah, the, the Resurrection Protocol uh, unbalances the machine, which is Earth. So, mm. yeah, maybe they have to get involved at some point, yeah. Ewing played with that idea, too, by saying the Hulks were fucking it up, too. They were fucking mm-hmm. up life and death mm-hmm. for a minute there. That was a good story. Yeah. I was in that Jane Foster Thor book, actually, when her and Doctor Strange and a bunch of other people formed the Magic Medics. Yes. <laughs> superheroes who were also doctors. Where's that team? I'd read that team. Yeah, that team just kind of disappeared, didn't it? One story, one and done. Yeah. But yeah, so this looks interesting. Again, I, I love it's called Judgment Day, so it sounds like an old WWE pay-per-view. Judgment Day, yeah. get your tickets now. <laughs> it's Judgment Day. Fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to fucking... <laughs> jump off the top ring onto the fucking kick wolverine in the nuts <laughs> yeah it's a six sides of steel match as cyclops of the x-men takes on ajax of the eternals <laughs> in a first blood match <laughs> and oh what's this it's captain america doing in a run-in with the shield oh he's running wild brother on all of them <laughs> see look this shit writes itself really <laughs> writes itself this this sounds okay. I know, you know, as more time goes on, we get like more and more kind of jaded when it comes to big hero versus hero storylines. But as we've said, there's actually some stuff here they could explore should they want to. And it's been a while since all of these have crossed over. So It's true. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it feels like we haven't had a big one like this in a while that no. to Marvel's credit, they kind of chilled out on it for a bit. Yeah, the like what would be the last like really big event because they all of their events recently have just been kind of very small they've been short they've been like six yeah. issues yeah yeah and and just small I, in scale as well absolutely i mean i guess the earth was like endangered in empire but they had that under control that was like avengers fantastic four yeah i'd say probably secret wars was like the last big thing that was where it was everyone all over the place i guess I guess the Venom event, too. I guess King in Black. But again, that was more of a Venom thing. Yeah, it was very self-contained. Even even right now, uh, Devil's Reign mm-hmm. is nice and small because mm-hmm. it's street level because they're all just fighting the Kingpin in New York. Yeah, yeah. 
and yet it feels very big. It do, it does, yeah. I, again, because of the characters involved, because it's not just Daredevil and stuff. You get people like Tony Stark is involved, and Captain America is there as well, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric Sandley helping us out again. So I know Exodus hates Cersei for taking his best friend, but I have no idea why Eternals would fight mutants. Like we said, man, resurrection protocols. Maybe mm. that pisses them off. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe they see these uh, mutants as taking out, taking their thunder, basically. And becoming You're the taking new our germs. Yeah. Also, too, I mean, you know, the mutants are fucking around in space and everything, too. So it's only a matter of time before maybe they like flip the wrong switch or colonize the wrong planet. Mm, uh, yeah, and again, maybe colonizing Mars was like a problem. Maybe, yeah. It's like you've stepped into a bigger world now than you could ever know. Yeah, you didn't account for us Eternals and the Celestials. Yeah, yeah. Uh, J-Pod with an interesting question saying, Jason Aaron isn't involved, and if Kieran Gillen is handling the eternal aspect, then this crossover could really work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So yeah, there's lots of options there. Yeah, I guess there's no like one <clears throat> X-Men person to be involved in this, because no. everyone kind of runs their own little X-Men fiefdoms. Yeah, well, I have to imagine, because uh, Teeny Howard's kind of stepped into the role as like a I head of so, X, yeah. I guess she would be involved in it. I guess so, just to make sure that everything, you know doesn't fuck with continuity and everything stays on track mm -hmm. uh now more hero versus hero news uh, apparently hulk and thor are going to be set for a crossover in donny kate's new hulk book where he claims to finally <coughs> answer the question who is the mightiest avenger <laughs> makes sense they'll cross over uh, hulk, hulk is uh yeah he's writing both hulk is going out into space yeah it, it feels like a bit of a no-brainer, doesn't it? Also, yeah. it feels like w when, like, fan fighting and, like, meme -y bullshit becomes the background for a good story <laughs> where it's like, well, yeah, why shouldn't they fight each other? Why shouldn't we see who the mightiest one is? <laughs> exactly. And now, yeah, are we going to get a cop-out and it's going to be, oh, well, there's no real, real winner. The, w the winner here is the fans. Yeah. Or are they going to actually well, give us an actual clear winner? <laughs> I mean, you know, Hulk and Thor find themselves <clears throat> in interesting places right now. Thor is kind of slowly becoming a mad king with the mm -hmm. weight of the world on his shoulders. Hulk is a starship with maybe an evil banner driving him. We don't really know yet. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. A, a, an evil banner driving him, but he also finds old banners out in the maybe. universe. Uh, yeah, it's weird. There's a lot of weirdness going on in that Kate <laughs> Hulk book right now. We, do, we don't really know what's happening to issues in <laughs> No. Which is kind of a blessing and a curse, because it's like, okay, fine, you know, I, I like a good mystery, we can, you know, parse this. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you're expecting me to buy a lot of books when I don't actually know what's happening. <laughs> but we'll see. Also, I like, too, they're fighting in an arena in this picture, too, because, you know, Thor's been dealing with an arena world right now, and also this is kind of a throwback to, like, Hulk versus Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, I, I, I have to imagine this is also, wasn't there, like, some Hulk event Come out, you know when they announced all those events wasn't there some sort of hulk event or something or if it was i missed it yeah I, or maybe it was just what they're calling this this event which i think it's like banner of war or something oh i oh that's fun i like that banner of war that's good yeah i hope it's that arena that we saw in the uh thor book that's in like the hand of like a dead super god or something that mm. odin was fighting in that time I'm like two issues behind on Thor, but I'm picking it up there. I was sure to like, you know, uh, go through it. Mm -hmm. I know Mjolnir's all pissed at him now. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, makes sense. 
Uh, now, moving on from there, we got some Spider-Man-centric news here. Apparently, Spider-Man Beyond, the era of Spider-Man we're in right now with the multiple writers and Ben Riley, is assumedly going to be coming to an end by October, which is sooner than we think. It's sooner than we think, but then also, it was like a year. Yeah, and also, you're getting like double, triple books sometimes with the special tie-ins, which are very much part of the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People have seemed to be enjoying this. I know, judging just by the numbers on my channel, a lot of people are interested to see where this story is going, for better or worse, and people don't seem to be complaining near as much like they were near the end of Spencer's run. I, I'm behind in a couple of issues, just because, like, those uh, those tie-ins sort of, like, stop me from reading, because I'm like, eh, I'm not really invested in these tie-ins as much. Blah. Like, it, it was mainly that um that Aunt May Doc Ock one. I'm like, eh, oh, this is, yeah, this is kind of fucking boring. <laughs> Uh, it's it kind of was, but also it's going to be important because Riley yeah, is facing yeah. Ock right now in the book. Yeah, yeah. And that book really assumes you read that tie-in. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, they really, really assume. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't completely ditch these tie-ins or I would have no <laughs> fucking clue what was happening. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. You know, I like that, you know, Spider-Man, they have dates in mind where it's like, look, we're going to end this story around here. And also, it's around the same time Spider-Man is having a big anniversary, so they're going to want Peter back in the costume by then. Absolutely, yeah. So it all kind of works out. I mean, hell, you can call this era a stopgap. You can call it stalling for time. You can call <laughs> it whatever you want. I thought it was fairly interesting. A lot of other people seemed, you know, more than willing to go for the ride, too. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying uh, Ben Riley's Spider-Man and all the stuff with the Beyond Corporation. It's fun. You know what it is? It's all the stuff that they could never do with Peter. Yeah, exactly. It's let's do with Ben all the stuff that we could never do to Peter. Let's send him to therapy. Let's have him have an adult, you know, relationship. Let's have him get a little morally compromised working for the man and a potentially evil corporation. <laughs> yep. Have him be his own boss and everything. I'm like, I'm down with that. And yeah, I respect not doing these things to Peter because, yeah, mm -hmm. fans would probably bust a fucking nut if you did it to Peter. Oh, oh of course they would. Fucking yeah, Spider-Man fans, man. <laughs> yeah, they, no one loves Spider-Man and hates him more than Spider-Man fans. <laughs> it's like Star Wars fans and Kiss fans. We yeah. love it with all our hearts and we hate it with all our souls. Oh, absolutely. Too. Absolutely, yeah. I hold within me great multitudes of love and hate. <laughs> I am an ocean of love and hate unto myself. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, so going to be ending in October. That's cool because that <clears throat> means they know they're building up to a finale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they Which still I have always, a year like, left. They do. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff to go with it. Uh, but um, but um, Ooh, here's a fun story. So uh, at the end of uh, what is it? Trial of Magneto. Uh, a mutant who I've been asking to come back forever, Thunderbird, was finally resurrected because of, uh, what is it, Scarlet Witch's magical chicane Yeah, just bullshit, yeah. I flicked yeah, through um, that last issue and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I don't know what the fuck's going on here, you know. It's better than the other two issues, but it's also just like, fuck it, magical rickety-rackety. Yeah, Toad did it, but then he didn't do it. Yeah. And Magneto knew about it all along, and that's how we tie it back into Magneto. And... Yeah, to Toad did it, but he did it for The Rock, you yeah. see. That's that's why Rikishi ran him over, but it was also Scarlet Witch's idea, and she's back in mutant society, but she's not really a mutant anymore. Yeah, people love her now, because that's how, yeah. quick, that's how quick mutandom changes, you know, and forgets, you know. Apparently Krakoa's dumb as fuck. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I will say, though, 
I do love the image, and I wish the story could match this image where she kind of pushes Exodus aside and takes control of telling oh, her the, own story. I did like that ending. That was pretty cool, but I just wish everything else was better. Like, that's totally one of those instances where it's like, oh, you had that end in mind, and you worked backwards, yeah. but it didn't work. And none of it fit, yeah. It's a beautiful image. <clears throat> like, I, I will only remember that image where it's like, yep, and then she took control of her own story. But, uh, oh, Captain couldn't help in the set again. Spider-Man Beyond is the reverse brand new day. Yeah, kind of. That's a fairly good way to look at it, honestly. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But, yeah, what, one of the big celebrity mutants they brought back <clears throat> is Thunderbird, uh, the original John Proud star, who I love deeply. And, hey, we're getting giant-sized X-Men's again. Remember, like, Hickman wrote those himself for a little bit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm getting more special one shots and this one is especially interesting because it is being co-written by nyla rose yeah uh, the, the aew lady. wrestler <laughs> yes absolutely because she is half black and half native and i think that's so awesome that they're getting a native person involved with this and also i love it when wrestlers write comics yeah yeah and they they've written quite a few a lot they of marvel a lot of marvel comics yeah, they're way, way more on board with that. Like, CM Punk wrote, uh, what is it? He wrote, like, a Shang-Chi one-shot. Mm -hmm. He wrote some Drax for a bit. Yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of uh, CM Punk stuff. Absolutely, yeah. I know Christopher Danielson writes for, like, another indie company. I don't think he's ever written anything for Marvel, but I know he's a big fan. Mm -hmm. Also, too, fucking, I found this out the other day, and this, I have never been more jealous in my goddamn life. So apparently Eddie Kingston one of the top stars in wrestling today, one of the hottest acts on AEW, one of the greatest promos, and just like one of the most legit scary dudes in the ring, is a secret comic book fan, I discovered. <laughs> a secret reads, comic book fan. Secret comic book fan. He reads a lot of stuff in trade, apparently, that other people have given him, but he knows his shit, and he watches a lot of comic book YouTube. Mm-hmm. He mentioned three of his favorites. He mentioned uh, comic tropes. Yep. He really likes them. He likes comic story and he likes comic explained. And I'm like, motherfucker, I've worked with most of them. Why don't you watch me? <laughs> Benny and Rob don't We're know always just six degrees me. away, just, you know. I know, always just a couple degrees away. I'm like, does, does that mean he's seen my channel and he doesn't like it? Or does he not know I exist? Oh, God. He's I turned live notifications with... off on Cape Jewel. <laughs> I couldn't live with myself if the Mad King Eddie Kingston <laughs> didn't like my work. That's, that's the thing that gets me to quit. <laughs> yeah, Jolie's working at fucking Burger King now. <laughs> Why does Eddie Kingston didn't like his work? Uh, but yeah, this uh, this is super cool. Uh, oh, Cowboy saying, isn't Gail Kim an anime author? Salute Magical. Is she really? If so, that's fucking awesome. That's cool. I've not seen any of her stuff, but if she is, that's wildly impressive. Yeah. But yeah, Thunderbird coming back. Super stoked on this. Really interesting to see what Proudstar's relationship to the rest of the island is going to be. Because he was always a total maverick with Xavier and everyone else. He, like, never put up with any of Charles' shit. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And how's that going to be now, you know, post-Inferno? In, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Is, you know, because, like, again, we'll talk about that when we talk about Inferno, but, like, Xavier is, like, weakened now and mm -hmm. kind of, like, open to taking more shit. Yep, yep. Because he kind of has to. And also, Proudstar being a native man you're probably gonna think when he looks at Krakoa are are we the colonizers now are we going around colonized is that cool I don't think that's cool yeah yeah it's like oh we've got our own island now oh we've got our own planet we colonized our own planet and people on earth aren't very happy about that oh we're, yeah. we're taking over parts of like New York and all that oh I, I don't know about this guys oh we've uh, we've cheated death 
completely. Like, death can't hurt us anymore. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean, you know, as a guy who's, you know, probably pretty spiritual and everything, and a guy who was dead for a very long time, and I'm going to guess didn't ask to be brought back? Yeah, well, I, I'm going to as well guess is like, okay, you guys, this island, you guys had this island for, you know, two, three years, like, and I'm only coming okay. back now, and you've had this tech for longer than that, so like, uh, what, what, why, why? Why wasn't I brought back sooner? Why wasn't I brought back? Again, in the Scarlet Witch book, they tried to make some shit where it's like, oh, well, because he died on Necronosia. His, like, mind wasn't backed up in Cerebro. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you've resurrected people whose minds weren't in Cerebro. Oh, they they have. They absolutely have. It's Again, they went into that. They vaguely explored it when they introduced the Five, which was that whole sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, some mutants get better treatment than yeah, yeah. than others with the resurrection protocols. Some can Some skip the line. line. Yeah, yeah. My my head canon, and I hope this ends up being true, is Xavier didn't bring back John Pratt. Brought his brother back, but he didn't bring him back because uh, Thunderbird was always a pain in his ass. Yeah, always questioned him. It was just another Scott Summers. Yeah, situation. Yeah, it's like I already got one guy you know freaking all up in my ass about every decision i make i don't need two and i don't need them talking and hanging out yeah yeah because again i could see proud start being like yeah i don't want to live on this island in fact i am actively going to be working against you now yeah i'm gonna go join the x-men <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go join that i'm gonna start my own team away from you we're gonna be the x-patriots because <laughs> we're not from that one's free nyla rose if you're listening that one's free <laughs> i have many more ideas <laughs> also too it's funny they're only bringing thunderbird back now when he actually was like really big on that gifted show for a minute yeah yeah they tried to make a big push of him he was in um days of future past as well uh yeah, for a hot minute a yeah there, there was like a moment there where it seemed like they were pushing him quite quite big always liked him always thought he was very cool very, very cool I... design and everything yeah I hope he gets to be in more than, like a prominent like native guy as well who's a superhero because obviously we have John Gray Crow over in Hellions where he used to be called Scalp Hunter and we don't call him that anymore. <laughs> I hope those two get a moment where it's like actually I go by Gray Crow now they've actually cleaned up their act a little bit. <laughs> cool, I thought it was fucked up that we called you that villain or not. <laughs> But yeah, so that's super cool. Excited for that book. Excited for who's going to be writing it. I'm uh, I'm all about that one. Yeah. Now, more new stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, the Venom and Symbiote books are just, just popping. Just popping now under Ram V and Al Ewing. And apparently they're set to get even bigger because Ram V is going to be crowning a new Carnage in a new miniseries. Yeah, we, we're getting someone other than Cletus Cassidy because, you know, the, the Venom 2 movie did such good... <laughs> good uh <laughs> service to him that uh yeah we need we need a completely new carnage now also let's face it after king and uh king in black and absolute carnage and uh even that uh flash thompson miniseries they did he's he, he he's you know he's ringed man he's tapped out cletus cassie he's like the joker he needs to go away for a little bit yeah yeah I mean, look, we like Cletus Casty, we like Carnage. There's not a lot going on with Cletus Casty as a character. That's the problem with writing 100% pure evil characters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They are a little one note. Just a little bit, yeah. 
a little one no i wonder too will this tie into the bigger idea we found out in the venom book and that is that uh alchemax and the life foundation and all these other groups are kind of in a symbiote arms race right now they Mm -hmm. figure like that's the future of warfare so everyone's trying to get their own yeah yeah this will end up being like a like a more modern version of like the flash thompson agent yeah anti-venom where they like yeah make they either have like part of like his his symbiote uh, the, mm. the carnage symbiote and they try to make it like a super soldier or something or something like that you know they give it to someone you don't <clears throat> they, expect. Gi- they give it to nuke oh man That'd john john walker dope. or something oh man fucking sign me the fuck up <laughs> crossbones oh fuck i'd read that uh captain coon <clears throat> continuing to help us out thank you thunderbird was actually a prankster thumbtacks and whoopee cushions on chairs never xavier's but always interrupted his classes <laughs> he becomes the johnny knoxville of krakoa well, he could never get it on xavier's chair because xavier never got mm. up <laughs> damn <laughs> that was his white whale one day one day i'll get him <laughs> Also, this is Ram V writing this, who obviously has a background in horror and everything. So, you know, it's probably going to continue to be a pretty scary carnage. And this cover looks pretty terrifying. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, again, the Venom books, I'm behind by an issue, but it's been really damn good. A really interesting uh, direction for Venom. This last issue really turned up the heat on it. Like, I wasn't so sure about it because we're, we're getting two stories. We're getting Eddie wherever the hell he went. And we got Dylan doing mm-hmm. his thing. I, what I loved about the last issue is they really find a great relationship for Dylan and the symbiote to have. Basically, their step-parent and step-kid, <clears> where the <throat> only adult tying them together has died or left, and now they don't know what's keeping them together anymore. Yeah, they don't, they don't have a reason to be together anymore. It's very fascinating, and the symbiote's like, well, I have to look after you because that's what your dad would have wanted. Yeah. And the kid's like, well, when I, whenever I look at you, I just see my missing dad. Mm-hmm. and you know you bring out the worst in me literally i don't even know why we're together <laughs> and i'm like fuck, that's actually pretty good and that's also making the symbiote more of a character too on its own exactly yeah but yeah so carnage i can dig it yeah looks pretty good i can dig it i'm interested to see where they're gonna go with this i know there's like a young uh what is it like senator who was in the <clears throat> flash thompson miniseries and he's in the background of this venom book maybe it'll be him yeah maybe he's the one setting it all up yeah because he seems like a shithead and be like oh yeah you know we're gonna give him a symbiote and see what happens Mm -hmm. because he's running on like an anti-symbiote ticket so to see him get a symbiote would be interesting yeah also too i wonder will this be like a kinder gentler carnage you know who's maybe a little bit more heroic because it's not on a serial killer potentially yeah maybe maybe Remember during Axis when they, like, inverted a bunch of characters and they had, like, heroic carnage for a little bit? A little bit, yeah. It was three issues, <laughs> and it was kind of funny because he was doing good heroic stuff because he was inverted, but because he was a clinical psychopath, he didn't know why, and none of it made sense to him, and I thought that was an interesting place to have him. Yep. I'm saving people because I have to, but not because I want to or understand it. I'm just compelled to do it. Compelled by some other force, yeah. By some other force, I have been changed. And I'm like, oh, that probably could have kept going for a little bit. Yeah, but it didn't. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we got that going on. And the last big piece of news, or at least I think it's the last piece of news, unless anything is broken when I wasn't paying attention, but uh, Godzilla vs. Power Rangers. Yeah, the uh, new IDW series, which uh, I'm surprised hasn't happened before. 
I know, right? This is one of those ideas where it's like, why, why aren't there like a hundred of these in Japan right now? Exactly. How is this not a big, bigger thing? The King of the Monsters versus the Big Monster Slayers. Godzilla's a big dragon with atomic breath. Frickin' the Green Ranger rides a dragon Megazord that looks like Mechagodzilla. Yeah, uh, it, it writes itself. Prints it, it really, prints its own money. It really does. How has this not been a thing? Yeah. You know, obviously I'm all on board with this. I love <clears> that Power Rangers is such a big thing now in comic books. Yeah, it it, it's, it took a while for it, it to did. like kick off, which is really strange. You know, I think it rode that wave of nostalgia in the same way the really good Ninja Turtles books rode the wave of nostalgia. That's true, yeah. They're like, hey, we promise that this will be as <clears throat> good as you remember it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I think that promise made like a big, huge difference. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting, too, because obviously we see Rita and Goldar on here, who are the traditional Power Rangers villains, and Godzilla, not always a villain. Mm-hmm. Force of nature, destructive guy, but ultimately not really a bad guy most of the time. No, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I have to guess, I know, the villains troll him somehow. They woke yeah. him to fight for them, yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool to see Godzilla and the Dragon Zord team up to fight the bad guys. It'd be cool if it's the opposite, where like the Power Rangers wake up Godzilla to like go ah. and fuck up like Goldar and all of that. <laughs> Look, we can't kill, but this giant thunder lizard can. <laughs> that'll that'll do it. Uh, Tevya, two. Any opinions on Flash erasing the Snyderverse? We've talked about this before. It was inevitable. Yeah. Good. No, we gotta wipe away the thing that didn't work so hopefully we can keep making money in the future good <laughs> flash also has a lot of its own problems going on like we said the flash seems to be becoming a minor character in the movie that bears the flash's name yeah it seems to be fixing up everything else that isn't flash which you know doesn't really sound like a great selling point to me where it's like oh this movie sounds like work this sounds like i'm going to be watching a construction job <laughs> Sounds like you've literally asked me to come watch some paint dry and you put in some new sinks. <laughs> and you promise that no one will shit in these sinks and that it won't explode. <laughs> I don't know, man. You installed the last one, so, I mean, <laughs> can I believe you? <laughs> hey, we put in some good Peacemaker in the corner, though. <laughs> you like that? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> but I, do, I, I don't even know where to sit in my own home anymore, guys, if I keep pushing this analogy. <laughs> Uh, Captain Kuhn again, the team up at the end, uh, fight with new Mecha King Ghidorah with upgraded parts of the dragons or dude, don't, don't, <laughs> see, it, it writes itself. It writes itself. Now I'm going to be upset if that doesn't happen. <laughs> now I'm going to be upset if I don't get Mecha King Ghidorah <laughs> with parts from the dragons. <laughs> uh, but believe it or not, everyone, I think that's officially all the news in the two weeks we were gone. That was a lot. I think so, yeah. A lot for January, yeah. I know, right? Usually it's, fuck you, it's January, nothing's going on. Yeah. All right, I guess we'll get through the comics there. How many did I actually read this week? And again, I don't have... <clears throat> what is it? I don't have the show that blocks off and lets me know on a new week. Okay, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven. So I got like seven to eight. Nice. All right, where, where would you like to start, Matt, as we talk about the books from this week? Uh, let's start with... Uh, what did we actually have this week? <laughs> um, uh, we uh, had Batman, Amazing Spider-Man, <clears throat> Knights of Steel, Inferno, Detective Comics, X-Men, and uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. Uh, let's, let's start with Inferno. 
All right, we'll start with Inferno then. So Hickman's big finale. Yeah. Was it ever? I mean, it, it, which I feel like a lot of people had a hard time wrapping their minds around that. Which I know this is the finale to <clears throat> Hickman's time on the series, but not the end of Krakoa or this era of X-Men. Yeah, a lot of people seem to be under the impression that now that Hickman is gone, everything that, like, all the Krakoa stuff is just going to get reverted and, like, X-Men are going to go back to, like, whatever <laughs> they were before. Like, there were, there were people in the comments that thought that was going to actually happen. Not only do we know that's not going to happen because we've seen the Destiny of X solicitation, <clears> but I'm I'm going to make a bet right now. I'm going to make you a bet right now, Sunday, 11.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Krakoa, the island, all this stuff is going to continue in the comics until they reboot the movies. I, I would even say they'll probably continue after that because this is like the perfect way to reboot the, the movies with Krakoa. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. You think it's too big a concept? No, not really. You, you say, ah, there's an island. You just say there's like, ah, there's an island and the X-Men live on it. And then like in, in like in throughout the movies, you like deliver all the other shit where it's like, it's a living island and Charles and Eric set this up with like a shadowy woman and it's all fucked. <laughs> it's, it's an idea, but at the same time, I'd kind of <clears> like <throat> them to, you know, build the foundation of like the mansion in Westchester because as much as I liked some of those Fox movies, I feel like they never really did it the justice it deserved. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I want them to like Spider-Man it up to be like, okay, but make it the way that I always wanted to see it. Yeah. So that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So Inferno, uh, the big finale, the wrapping up of several storylines that were started all the way back in Hawks and Pox. Oh ooh, yeah. So many storylines wrapping up, uh, for, uh, yeah, just books that came out, what, three years ago? Two and a half yeah, years ago, just like things you would never even like think that they would even remember. So much to the point that I think a lot of the people reading it yeah. forgot that a lot of this stuff was started then where it's like, yeah, no, no, the friggin' Mystique was doing Black Ops Jaws for Magneto. That was like the and, first uh, issue. Yeah, and the first issue to keep their hands clean, they sacrificed Sabretooth to keep that relationship a secret. Yeah. And then they kept sending her on like suicide missions to deal with with nimrod and deal with orchis while you know holding the carrot over her head of the resurrection of destiny which they were never going to do because they'd been lying to her the whole time because moira didn't want destiny back mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know we kind of see how that happened how you know mystique was able to get all the dominoes in order so she could basically have one-on-one -on -one time with moira to deal with their problem yep and uh, they fake us out pretty good there, too, because Moira being, like, a classic villain, like, no, you don't understand, your minds are too small. If you kill me, the universe will only reset as it has many times before. You don't understand. And Mystique being like, I don't care. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. Shito with, with the with the gun that turns her into a human. Uh, the gun that, yes. like, that Forge made, like, like, a long time ago. Very, yeah. Yeah, and it's one that, uh, as, as we find out, that uh, Emma Frost got her hands on, because of course she did. She's been and, in control of everything. Yeah, she kept it for a rainy day, and this was the rainy day, because she gives it to to uh, Mystique and, and Destiny, and, and it's like, oh, um, I don't like what you're doing, but I'm, you know, self-preservation and all. It's, it's funny because, you know, like I never <clears throat> even saw that as an option, but it's so brilliant because it's like, yeah. yeah, take away her mutation and then you're fine. And this yeah. timeline is locked in. Yeah, yeah. And and she gets to have her. She she technically dies. 
yeah, she technically dies is the thing there. So we get the death of Moira X of Moira 10. Yeah, yeah. So the book never lied. The book was being honest about it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, while that's going on, Xavier and Magneto fight it out with Nimrod and Omega Sentinel, who reveal themselves to be the true power behind Orcheus, and that they've been playing all these racist anti-mutant yeah. humans against each other because the real war was always with mutant and machine. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about Orcheus. They kill all the Orcheus men there. Uh, you know, they go mask off, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and say so, yeah yeah it's all about the machines you and i i, I do love that there uh i think it was omega sentinel that said it about like how it's like you guys use machines you like erase us shut us down turn us off mm-hmm. use us as tools did you really not think that we would get sick of that and do something One about day. it it's like well fuck when you put it that way i feel bad for my toaster <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very toy story logic like yeah and when we kill you you're going to deserve it <laughs> I mean, shit, the things I do to my phone, I drop it, I touch <clears throat> it with cheesy nacho fingers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it kills me, I'm probably going to deserve it, right? <laughs> and uh, their fight is like, you know, it's knockdown, drag out, but it's very evenly matched. Xavier and Magneto might be gods amongst mutants, but the machines are quickly catching up to them, mainly because they can keep healing themselves over and over. Yeah, they can keep reforming, and in Nimrod's case, multiplying. Yeah, which is a fuck of a thing. So yeah. that's that's cool xavier loses his helmet during the fight which means oh god damn it that means if they don't survive this fight they're gonna lose all the information they learned about the machines being the ones behind it all they're gonna forget about it all and uh they kind of end up doing because uh, uh nimrod ends up capturing uh charles and tries to negotiate with uh eric who has captured omega and uh eric ends up trusting nimrod which is the worst thing he could do because nimrod ends up just killing charles just just because damn it the robots have learned dishonesty and sadism <laughs> shit yeah, they learned to lie god damn it god damn it i didn't think we were there yet they learned dishonesty yeah and so uh magneto ends up dying as well and both of them won't remember a goddamn thing nope which is crazy but also damn you can't fault them on this because this is all shit they've set up before yep yeah and 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 again this is all stuff that uh charles and all that has sort of brought upon themselves yeah it's it's a beautiful way to have your cake and eat it too. have a climactic battle between like your four most important characters and then also have it so it won't really carry over no yeah i mean the robots will remember this fight they won't remember this no in fact, that'll be interesting when they come back later and be like, don't you know we've killed you once before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, what? <laughs> Read my mind and know it to be true. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the big thing, too, is, you know, so Moira is human and Mystique and Destiny are like, all right, we can have our revenge. We can finally kill her now. But before we do, they really read her the riot act and be like, how did you ever think Krakoa was actually going to work and succeed as in a nation, as an experiment? when you so clearly hate mutant kind because you hate yourself and everything you've done has just been you projecting onto the rest of us yeah yeah and i'm like fuck that's pretty harsh and how much does you know moira hate mutant kind apparently in one of her futures she actually created a weapon capable of you know getting rid of mutation before it even manifests in people so like the ultimate cure yeah you, you can cure children before they even uh knew they were actually a, a mutant so they is basically stealing their their uh future before it even happened 
uh, which I, I'm sure they wouldn't bring that up if that won't end up being important later, especially as someone in my comment section said something that blew my mind. Ah, cure for mutant kind, but how could you get people to take it? Uh, maybe put it in your cutting edge medication. Yep, yep. And I'm like, fuck! I didn't even think of that. They've been they've been spiking the miracle meds. Yep. With anti mutant juice. Oh my god. <laughs> no one even knew. Holy shit. Captain Kun again. The robots programming is based on Bender. Bite Nimrod's <laughs> shiny metal ass. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, Moira is saved by freaking Doug, of all people. Yeah, uh, Cypher, because uh, last issue we, we saw that he, uh, because he'd been feeding Warlock to Krakoa, he ended up getting his own sort of little bat cave, which could mm -hmm. listen to everyone on the island without anyone even knowing, and he's... He's been tapped into this whole thing this whole time and knows all what's happening and everything. And he comes and in with his big dick swinging around. And his wife and his island and his robot buddy. Yeah, yeah. Basically team, you know, team good guy, essentially, in this story filled with morally gray, morally compromised character. Cypher ends up walking away as the biggest hero of them all. He, he the best X. I called him in my review the best X-Men because he he's, the, he's the only he's the only one who's purely following all of these rules that xavier set down he's, he was down. like literally the first person xavier told about this island and what what mm -hmm. he wanted it to actually become and yeah doug just he wants that he doesn't want anything you know he doesn't want power or anything he just wants what he's, that island was he's the only guy who got more power and more authority to and never got corrupted by it no which is funny because I talked such mad shit about Cypher for so many years <laughs> and Hickman on his way. And I was like, I'm going to make you eat every one of those words, Joel. And I'm going to make did. him the best X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> he made him the best. Like, there's no doubt about it anymore. He's the best one just by being a good dude and staying true to the heroism of the X-Men. Like, I, I can't let you kill Moira. She's done bad. But if you did, that would be murder. And I can't let you do You'd it. You'd be breaking the rules and I would have to report you for that. <laughs> Yeah, and you would be keeping frickin' Sabretooth company in the center of the island, and you'd be broken up. I do love that, that at the end of all of this, Mystique's journey has ultimately been a love story, <laughs> and they, like, let Cypher have the win, because it's like, well, we just don't want to be torn apart again. No, yeah. That was yeah. all we ever wanted. If Xavier and Magneto let us be together, none of this would have happened. Exactly, yeah. Which, again, the fact that they were so full of themselves and so arrogant that they couldn't see that. Mm-hmm that they dug their own grave over and over. Uh, Eric Santi again. So Emma waits a full week before the resurrected. What happened within that week? They were dead. Well, we know exactly what happened in that week. Emma, who is now essentially the queen of Krakoa now, told the other members of the Quiet Council about Moira and the dark secret on which Krakoa was built. Yeah, that was kind of one of Cypher's little... I, I wouldn't say demands, but something but that would have, yeah, that had to happen if he was to get his way. And yeah, so now everyone on the quiet council knows, which includes, uh, Colossus, who is a mm -hmm. spy, He's a sleeper agent. Yeah. So, so, so the bad guys now know that as well. So yeah, the evil Russian guys now know about that. Uh, it's cool too because you know Hickman's time on this book you know this X-Men series it's all been about nationalism and the horrible things that you're willing to excuse because it's your country and your home and your people doing mm -hmm. it this I thought is interesting because Cypher comes in as the guy being like look it doesn't matter what our nation was built on it matters what we do now we need mm -hmm. to do better yep 
we need to share the load on this one. Though they don't share it all the way. It's only the Quiet Council people who know about it. So they just took the dirty little secret and spread it around a bit. Yeah, now everyone's culpable for it. So if it get, leaks out, everyone goes down. Not just Xavier so, or uh, Eric. <laughs> which motivates everyone to keep the secret a little harder too. And also, some characters we really like, like Kitty Pride and freaking Nightcrawler now know about it too. And they're probably going to be really conflicted about it. Yeah, not very happy about it. No, to know all of this, and also to see Xavier and Magneto brought so low, these, like, founding fathers of this new nation, now kind of diminished and kind of small and at everyone's mercy. They've, like, lost their stick to shake, and also they've lost their oracle. They were going mm -hmm. on pretty much entirely by, by what Moira was telling them because she had seen all these different lives. Yeah, so it, it, it's going to be interesting to see, like, what happens now because, yeah, they're basically flying blind now yep so like hey just like the rest of us <laughs> yeah so does that mean like is, is everything just going to start falling apart now because they don't have that they don't have the cheat codes enabled anymore sure seems that way you, you gotta love too, you know <clears throat> hickman as a writer to be so confident in his work and the group that he put together with everyone to say yep i've set the table i've stocked the pantry this is my ending point but i've left you like 12 other directions you can go into if you want and i will let all of you do that mm-hmm mm -hmm. Which is super cool as we head into Destiny of X, where it's like, yeah, no, no Moira holding them down anymore so they can do anything. Yep. And maybe Krakoa will succeed, maybe it will fall under completely different means. Yep. But now, you know, more of the mutants are actually running the show now, which is very cool. And it would be interesting to find out what what is also this means for like uh, Araco, Arrakis, mm, and like yeah. uh, the stuff on, on um, Mars and stuff, because they're they're still kind of like antagonistic towards Krakoa a little bit yeah so yeah, like are they going to try and like seize power or something could very well be <clears throat> well again did you did you read the Duggan x-men this week uh i did yes okay do we want to talk about that then we'll go into the next yeah. big x-men story yeah. from this week because there were two so this issue was all about hey kids it's captain krakoa yeah the the brand new face of krakoa and and of the x-men yeah even though it totally chaps scott's ass because the council is telling him to take on this guy yeah. it's like i don't want to take on this guy yeah they keep telling him to put him on the team scott tells them that no this team is is uh is not subservient to the quiet council we don't follow your orders that is exactly why i'm like part of it why um, i formed I it and everything island. yeah yeah i don't listen to you guys but they're like oh no you gotta take him on it'd be good for pr you know it'd be good we, we all voted yeah we all voted <clears throat> and it's gonna be you so that's half the story the other half involves Fei Long, that crazy freaking rocket scientist who, you know, in no way, uh, what is it, uh, is meant to be any actual real life crazy rocket guy trying to go to space or anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he, him and his rockets end up uh, reaching Mars, but they, he ends up uh, landing on Phobos, the yes. uh, moon of Mars, and, and proclaiming that in the name of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Earth and also Orchis, because yeah. they're backing him as well. Yep. Which obviously, you know, pisses off the Erico mutants who are more warlike and more aggressive to begin with. And they're like, hey, that's our moon. We were going to get to colonizing that eventually. No takesies, backsies. Yeah, so he ends up getting into a fight with Sunfire and some of the uh, Araco mutants. Uh, and and he, he, he shows that he's, he's, he's kind of got some superpowers of his own, which we've been getting hints at 
in yeah, like his yeah. journey where he was like like in the i think it was issue four where he got like bombarded with like ruby quartz energy which i mm. which made me think that maybe this maybe he's like trying to like take the mutant's powers because ruby quartz is what was what uh cyclops uses in his uh Glasses, visors yeah. so is he like like picking and choosing like mutant's powers to have for his own seems to be and he used what was clearly a concussive blast against yeah. that guy who was trying to kill him yeah that big guy with the axe yeah yeah. I, I liked Fei Long's characterization here because they send Sunfire to stop him. Sunfire is Japanese. Fei Long is Chinese. Mm-hmm. And he kind of goes into like a rant about like, oh, you know, our people fought and killed each other forever. And Sunfire is like, did you just get human racist at me for a minute? <laughs> I'm not used to that anymore. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. That there's like, yeah, you know, it's not just mutants versus humans. Humans yeah. can be shitty to other humans still too. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, they they take over the entire moon in like a couple days and build a giant, you know, like force there. Yeah, yeah. It's like some giant. It's, it looks like the Orchis Forge. It's like a giant, Very like, much. like bunch of rings and stuff, and like mirror things and everything. So that's clearly going to be, you know, some sort of standoff now between the mutants of Erico and mm-hmm. uh, Fei Long and Orchis. Absolutely, yeah. And again, you know, probably more aliens are going to get involved in that. I think that's what that uh, X-Men Red might potentially be about now, because that's probably. like a continuation of that. Yeah, I, and also, I, I'm sure you saw it as well, but it also, I think it was in Inferno as well, where they, where Orchis was like collecting the bodies of the, the mutants that were like oh, attacking. Yeah. In in this issue, they had uh, Nightcrawler's body. Nightcrawler's, like one of one of Nightcrawler's bodies. So again, they're like... Because they've died many times. Yeah, probably using like his technology to like teleport maybe or... Crazy. Like, like all this really cool stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what's going on there. Yeah. I- I do like that idea of that biting them in the ass where they're like, uh-oh, we probably shouldn't have left our corpses all over the place, yeah. huh, right? Yeah, we're, we're a little bit, like, nonchalant with that, yeah. A little arrogant about the whole thing. In fact, it comes back even further because we jump forward in time, which I was not expecting because this book doesn't do time jumps all that much, and they're having, like, a candlelight vigil for Cyclops who has died. Yeah, and uh, Captain Krakoa's there, and he's he's now part of the, the X-Men but as we learn out, Captain Krakoa is actually Scott Summers, which I called. I knew we that did. was happening. Um, Absolutely. So, so, so the the idea here is, uh, well, what we 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 can glean from this because we don't know fully yet, but the Quiet Council might have had some hand in killing Scott publicly. Maybe, Maybe they used yeah. that, that that whole resurrection protocol to pull up another another Scott and kill him publicly. Yeah, so, the idea. To, to hide the resurrection protocols. Yeah, the idea being is that, you know, too many people are getting too close to the resurrection protocol thing, so they needed a high profile mutant death, someone to <clears throat> die and to stay dead, so no one starts thinking that, oh, yeah, we've defeated death and found a way to bring people back. Even uh, Ben Urich, who was going to print that story, they apparently fucked with his mind, but Cyclops is so pissed about what the quiet council did and forcing him to be captain krakoa that he might just drop a dime on everyone anyway yeah he's like talking with uh ben at the back half of this issue he's he's, he's pretending to be a friend of scott summers mm-hmm. and uh trying trying to like leak information and stuff but he's 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 kind of racked with guilt because he's like yeah Krakoa, i like you know all that stuff but then they're also evil what like what do i do 
What's what's my moral responsibility yeah, here? Yeah. Is the heroic thing to do to tattle on all my friends? Yeah. But the, the, oh, I I fucking loved that they went that way. It's like oh, that's so fucking cool. That's the evil motherfuckers. Yeah, it's it's smart. It's very clear. Again, I was unsure about this book because we basically have the same invasion story over and over. <laughs> now we're cooking with gas. Now we're actually yeah. going into some interesting directions. I I was intrigued to see what they were going to do with uh, Ben Urich because I was like, well they either have to like erase his mind they have to kill him mm -hmm. the you know do something with him but i didn't expect him to do nothing with him but a lot with scott yeah and the fact too, that people like yurik that he's probably mm -hmm. one of people's like favorite supporting characters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of all of his years in spider-man and daredevil and everyone else he's like jim gordon we love him because he's been around forever yeah yeah and we have so many good memories with him. And yeah, you're worried about him because you're right. Where it's like, well, what if he does get too close? What's going to happen to yeah, him? They're going to send send Beast and his war crimes to pay oh, a visit yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah, as we have seen, X-Force, the mutant secret police, have no problem attacking their enemies. No, no. They're going to send one of those <clears throat> little, uh, what is it, little freaking nesting doll assassins up his pee hole. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have uh, Beast clog all of his sinks with blue fur. That'll teach you. <laughs> going to put a bunch of whoopee cushions in his place now that Thunderbird is back. <laughs> just just annoy him is the thing. Just annoy him into submission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who, who sent all these pizzas courtesy of Krakow? I didn't order these. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We sent you a bunch of pizzas you didn't order. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Hickman's time on X-Men might be done, but as we can see, they still clearly have a lot of ideas and a lot of gas left in the tank. Yeah, it's nothing, it feels like nothing's changed. It, it really hasn't. I mean, maybe in some little ways, we'll, maybe there'll be more stuff like Trial of Magneto, where it's like, ooh, you didn't quite know where you were going with that. You didn't have a roadmap for that one, but fair enough. Yeah, but like, in, on the, the, the most part, it's uh, it's been pretty good so far. I mean... Yeah, like, if that's the one glitch in the system, I think we're still in very good hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else did you want to talk about this week, Matt, that came out? Uh, I had... Oh, I had Justice League Incarnate, issue three. Oh, shit. See, I, I read uh, Superman before getting to this one. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Justice League Incarnate are spread throughout the multiverse. Uh, they all got, like, shot, a, a shot, all ac shot across the multiverse at the end of the last issue when they tried to defeat Darkseid. Uh, Flashpoint Batman is in uh, Captain Carrot's world and he's joined the <laughs> zoo crew to beat Feline Forced. Uh, uh, and he, he fucking hates it. Uh, of course he does. Yeah, Why he, wouldn't he? He fucking hates it. Uh, Avery Ho is stuck uh, fighting a zombie Blackbeard and teaming up with uh, Captain Wonder and the Amazons. Oh, that's fine. Uh, and we, we find out that uh, the, all, all the villains of these worlds are, like, being drawn towards the crack in the multiverse to try and mm, get the power. Yes. Um, and we learn that crack in the multiverse is on Earth 44, which is uh, the Nimrod Squad Earth, which is this weird team made up of, like... How can I explain what that team... It's like, it's like <laughs> yes, Justice League mixed with, like, Wildcats mixed with avengers it's, it's really fucking it's really 90s really fucking yes. 90s um and uh the cracks there and captain carrots there helping the team fight uh their villain annihilator which kind of looks like uh like a character from spawn <laughs> it kind of looks like like the devil from spawn like some big monster oh, malbosia um, 
yeah, so Avery, Avery, who is fighting Blackbeard, finds that that villain was using like a chest of of maps and and uh, journals uh, to find the find the crack, and we find out that the maps and journals are literally DC comics, like <laughs> like comics of like Justice League Incarnate and Captain Carrot and stuff. Um, Bucky Morrison idea. Yeah. So you, oh, whoa, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Uh, at the end of the last issue, uh, Doctor Multiverse and Calvin Ellis's Superman ended up on some world that kind of looked like uh, Superboy Prime's world. Yes, uh, yes, I remember. And it was it. They they are literally in the real world. Um, oh shit! Which is Superboy Prime's <clears throat> world. Yeah, and they have no fucking idea how that happens because they they know they're on Earth. Uh, I think it's thirty three, but they don't know how right. they got there because Earth thirty three is covered in a membrane where only ideas can get through. Mm, again how morrison (laughs) yeah uh so so they don't have any of their powers or anything but they can still contact with like calyx and stuff so um uh the two know they need to make a comic book for this (laughs) to like be because of how ideas take shape in this world uh if they make a comic book they'll be able to reach out to their friends for help so uh using an idea from superman 3 the movie superman 3 because it exists on this world uh calvin is able to make them some money to get an apartment and they end up writing a comic and meeting with a guy called aldrich saxman who is a comics Mm. uh dc comics editor um uh who actually ends up turning out to be dark side who's been (laughs) on this world trying to figure out how to get out of this world and to the uh, the crack and <laughs> it ends up getting getting uh, really meta because they end up starting to write this comic and and and, 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 and uh, Aldrich as the editor gives them advice and it's like hey on page twenty seven Darkseid should win and <laughs> and of course because he's Darkseid he turns out to be Darkseid and Avery comes and f- and fetches them because she can through using her speed force as well as dr multiverse's power can traverse these multiverses uh, ends up regrouping with the team and they need to find out where the rest of the team went which is earth seven which is uh thunderer's home uh which is where the house of heroes crashed when they were attacked by um calabac and grail yeah because orion kind of fucked them over um, yeah 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 he he kind of took charge and like yeah fucked everything over uh as we find out earth 7 is probably the worst place they can be because earth 7 has been taken over by the gendry uh and mm. the empty hand which again is something morrison invented in multiversity yep uh and uh we learned that earth 7 has become their weapon their great their oblivion machine which is something that they're going to use to just destroy the multiverse uh, so they end up becoming the actual big bads of the book and Darkseid ends up having to team with the with the Justice League incarnate to fight them <laughs> uh, because as we learn they can't stop these they can't they can't close the crack in the multiverse they can only move it to prevent Darkseid from getting it because um, as uh, Dr. Multiverse finds out Darkseid has to win in order because mm. if Darkseid wins the Gentry doesn't win. Mm, right because the gantry is yeah, worse and it's like the lesser of two evils sort of thing oh that's fun yeah it's fun. i don't know if you read suicide squad this week but i uh like went through it because they're also having a multiversal event right now because it's <laughs> going to be them versus the earth three guys yeah they do some crazy shit that's actually kind of connected to this because they 
fight the retaliators <laughs> but it's a different version of the retaliators yeah. with a machine head that's alive it's like the ultimate ret- retaliators it's the ultimate retaliators and i'm like that's fucking nuts robbie thompson what are you gonna do next well time for the suicide squad to fight their multiversal counterparts <laughs> The thrill killers, who are the thunderbolts, <laughs> thunderbolts. of the re- of the retaliators universe. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And I'm like, oh my god, this! And there's like a Deadpool one and a Crossbones one, and I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, this is meta on top of meta. Oh my god, that's so cool. That's so cool. It is, and I'm like, god damn, you know, DC's really milking this multiverse concept for oof, all it's worth, oof. aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I guess we can talk about Batman this week, too. That also came out. There was a Batman this week. There was, yeah. As we're talking about Joshua Williamson, uh, we learn a little bit more about uh, what Lex Luthor has been after with Batman Inc. There's a great scene where he gives like this dark story about this bottle of wine and why it's the most expensive wine in the world, and he invites Bruce to come and drink it, and he just like fucking pours it just, on the ground. Just pours it out, yeah, just because he can. What? What a piece of shit. Yeah, and he knows Bruce doesn't have the money to pay for it either. <laughs> oh, yeah, he really goes in on him for being poor. He's like, well, that's why I'm doing this, because, you know, the world doesn't have a Superman right now, and you're poor, which means you can't be all the Batman you can be, so I've decided to step on in and try and make the world better my own way. <laughs> yeah, I've had some recent experiences that have changed my mind about certain things. Very. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good motivation for Lax, honestly. <laughs> it is, it is. It's really good, yeah. He's not quite the mustache twirler, and we also find out that he seemingly wasn't involved with Batman Inc. killing Abyss. No, no, he wasn't. He wants to actually get to the body first so he can do his own uh, autopsy on it, which makes it a race with Bruce himself. He's like, well, I'm going to get it first. I'm going to look at the dead body first. (laughs) Yeah, and that ends up being uh, Bruce's downfall, because as we find out, Abyss is alive. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe yeah there's a lot of weirdness with abyss again did you notice they've gone out of their way not to gender abyss no no they don't say he or she which makes me think that there's probably something about that that like it is going to actually end up being a woman it's going to be that detective him or something like that because we haven't seen them together in one place and like bruce trusser and like if bruce trusts a woman that usually means she's evil <laughs> yeah or she dies <laughs> or she dies or both evil and dies that also yeah. happens uh yeah but abyss has like some sort of power that allows them to like black out a room but so yeah. but in a way that like batman's like different uh visions in his cow don't work and like flashbangs have like no effect light has can't break through this darkness it reminds me a lot of like darkness spells in Dungeons and Dragons. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, that's magic darkness. You need special dark vision to be able to see through <laughs> magical darkness. <laughs> Which again, maybe they are magical. Maybe they're meta. Maybe they're not. We don't know. The only thing Abyss says is like, oh, you know, you created me, Batman. As with every villain Batman faces. Isn't that always the way? And I'm like, okay, when you say that Batman created you, do you mean that <clears throat> literally or figuratively? <laughs> again, again, it could be, yeah, it could be just uh, interpreted in so many different ways. Like, yeah, but this could be like someone Batman didn't save. This could be someone Batman rejected from Batman Inc., which is why they that targeted Batman likely. Inc., which is probably, yeah, what it is. That seems likely, and it also seems like Abyss genuinely seems surprised that Batman is here right now. Like, oh, I never thought you were going to show up. Yep, yep. Though they very clearly much wanted to fake their death, though, and, you know, did they do that to frame up Batman Inc., or did they do it because Luthor asked them to? But no, seemingly not. No. 
So there's a lot of interesting angles here, and I'm like, okay, holy shit, Joshua Williamson, you're actually writing a good mystery now where I'm trying to find clues. Yeah, I wonder if you'll tie it into these, like, multiverse stuff. Maybe, or here's my theory. Hey, is it the woman from the wine story? Because that was a really well-put-together story about mm. wine, and there looked to be a Grim Reaper on the bottle, yeah. and Abyss looks like a Grim Reaper. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a hell of a thing? Like, oh, you just thought Luther was telling a story about wine, but he was actually telling the origins of Abyss. Yeah, and they, they do make a point of saying that nothing, like, everything Luther says, like, there is a point to it, which is, like, yeah. why why Bruce brought that wine, because he mentioned before they're, like, their relationship is like a fine wine. and Yes, doesn't, doesn't mince words. Yeah, yeah. Everything means something. I also love that, like, Luther's <clears throat> been in this small nation for, like, what, a couple days, and he's already managed to corrupt the entire police yeah, force. Yeah, he's got the cops under his arms, and, yeah, he, that, he may, make him all go after Batman and everything, and, yeah. <laughs> Friggin' Luther is such a corrupting influence, he doesn't even need to be around <laughs> long. And just everyone works for him. Ooh, also, nice dichotomy there. You know, we get a flashback with Alfred and Bruce saying, you know, oh, I will embrace the darkness and use it to fight my enemies. And Alfred says, oh, well, I worry about you, uh, Bruce, and, you know, all the enemies you'll find in the darkness, but also I'm worried about the enemies that live in the light. Smash cut to Batman <laughs> in darkness and Luther in light wearing a white suit. Ah, I see what you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that shit. <laughs> big sucker for that shit <laughs> but yeah it was cool it was pretty good yeah yeah it's cool and again i i like that there's a mystery here i'm interested to see what's going to happen it's, next it's an interesting mystery yeah because you don't know Very. where it's going to go yeah absolutely uh i guess one batman book to another detective comics was this week this was the beginning of the 12 issue shadows of the bat storyline yes and the issue that mariko tamaki finally gets to write her own story that isn't subservient to something else i really feels that way doesn't after being subservient to fear state and future state and everything else it's like oh my god she's actually getting to write a book holy shit yeah no about time <laughs> really feels that way and also plays around with pacing and structure in a way that i was not expecting yeah the story jumps around a little bit it does in like some very cool ways because obviously you know arkham tower is the new hotness now <laughs> they've set it up in the middle of the city unlike the asylum they hope that this one you know will be state of the art and they've flown in all these you know different doctors and everything that they hope will actually be able to help people and you know destigmatize mental illness in a city that is assailed by so many you know uh negative uh, versions of it and i'm like mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it's kind of cool kind of interesting and then they bring back nero the guy who tried to kill nakano during the detective comics fear state tie and i'm like holy shit they remember that character existed yeah for like a for, yeah for like an issue and he's like hey i'm i'm better i'm all See, good now kind of better <laughs> to which nakano's like i don't like that i wanted the hospital yeah. to make me look good not rehab the guys who tried to kill me <laughs> again nakano is just like the whipping boy of everyone in this book He's, he's the worst, but, like, in a good way now that he's the worst, where he's like, yeah, I got this big hospital together. Oh, to make the city better and cure criminals. No, I wanted uh, someone to take care of my wife because she's depressed, actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do anything. I want them to do it. <laughs> like, if I was home more or listened to her, I might be able to help. Instead, I've decided to spend a lot of city money to build a giant, you know, freaking state of the money, hospital. yeah. I'm like, ah, what a true politician. <laughs> 
And uh, that's going on. The, the doctor, the new <clears throat> doctor, Dr. Ware, is being really cagey about how exactly he is helping people. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, we got all this brand new therapy. You know, we've come a long way. And, you know, uh, a fancy list of drugs that I'm not going to tell you about. Yeah, yeah. De- Deb Donovan is quick to point out that, like, all his research is, like, like and, like, methods aren't, like, like backed or anything they're not like peer reviewed or mm-hmm. like, she can't find anything about him on like his his like uh uh accreditations or anything and and it's just like, like he's it's, making it's, it up it's a little fucking weird to have this guy who's heading up this this mental hospital in gotham mm-hmm. uh be basically you know a nobody what what craigslist <clears throat> ad did you find this guy from <laughs> yeah. yeah again is this chris nicardo just like Oh, just just hire someone. Just, just hire, hire the someone. cheapest guy. Yeah, hire the cheapest. We got to get it done by this date. Well, I found this phone <clears> number <throat> in a bathroom stall for a good time called Doctor Ware, so I guess we're gonna hire him. <laughs> and uh, obviously, uh, and then uh, strangely enough, ever since like uh, the the hospital started, like pharmaceutical drugs have been like a big thing on the streets with the party crashes. Uh, running them so obviously there's like ties to that and all that sort of stuff loved that callback i'm like oh my god yeah joker war the party crashers that was like in her first arc that like these ex-joker henchmen are pulling off like big heist now with stolen wayne tech gear and i'm like oh my god you brought that back too yeah they're actually like like a proper threat yeah oh my god that's so fucking cool and then i'm like well where are they gonna go next then they jump forward like a month yeah, they jump forward a month, and the inevitable has happened. And again, Deb Donovan delivers this great line where she's like, "I'm all about mental health, mm-hmm. but you can't. You, you can you can treat that and everything, but you can't treat evil. evil. And people in Arkham Asylum are fucking evil. And Our the quicker evil, people yeah. people realize that, the better. And then yeah, smash cut to like a month later, and all hell is broken loose, as you know, predicted. <laughs> It's gone full Nakatomi Plaza. And honestly, I applaud that sort of jump because we all <clears throat> knew Arkham Tower was oh, going to get fucky. We ab- all absolutely, knew it. Absolutely. And I love Tamaki just not wasting any time being like, yes, in a month it gets fucky and we're going to jump back and forth and show how we got there. Yeah, and we see that uh, Dick Grayson and Stephanie Brown are maybe undercover. Yeah, maybe undercover because Dick isn't in his Nightwing costume and he looks to yeah, be yeah. dressed like a doctor. Yeah, I saw that too. And uh, Steph looks to be dressed as a patient, mm-hmm. which is cool. Also, I love too the villains that took over the hospital aren't Joker, Riddler, and all no. the regular ones. It's new ones like uh, what is it? That serial killer with the scissors yep. and Nero and other people. And I'm like, oh, cool. We're actually going to get new people now. Yeah. Uh, well, again, I don't think the prison. I think they made a point of saying the prison doesn't have any of those. Oh, AAA like ones. Triple A. It's all like pilot prisoners, which are like ones right. they they're just like running uh, the these tests on first before they they take out up the big guns, I guess. Which I guess that means all the other villains are in Blackgate because where else I, could you put them? I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool. And they throw Doctor Ware out a fucking window, and I'm yeah. like, oh, we barely knew you, Doctor Ware. Yeah, yeah. We know how your fate's gonna end. It was gonna end like <laughs> yeah. that anyway. <laughs> I mean, how many other doctors are yeah. asylum as it? Yeah, it was, it was gonna, it was gonna be that he was gonna get his face cut off by someone, you know, something like that. 
again, the self-awareness of this story is great because they're like, look, we've seen a hundred stories where Arkham Asylum gets taken over and the <clears> heroes <throat> have to come in. I like the fresh little twist on it where Batwoman's like, well, normally if this was Arkham Asylum, we would just go in because we know that place like the back of our hands. We don't know this new building. It's layout. It's security. We are flying blind. Yeah, Batman's not here to deal with this. It's just us Bat family who's got to deal with this uh, unknown prison that even even if Batman was here, we like what would we be able to really do Mm -hmm. and it's in the center of the city too so more chances for civilians to get hurt yep yep it's good stuff yeah it's pretty damn good and it's it's gonna be a long one because it's 12 issues 12 issues is that like one a week or like one a month i really hope it's one a week (laughs) yeah i I feel like they're gonna be turning them out quicker aren't they yeah i i hope it is one a week i I don't want to wait a whole year to have this story finish finish up because then again that would also mean that that's a whole year without batman in gotham which is also something i could see them doing yeah yeah that's true so who knows i liked it it's a good solid setup for a batman story it really is yeah again a batman story minus batman yeah it's good yeah I'm, I'm about it and again like you said it's nice to feel that mariko tamaki finally has the fucking weighted clothing limiters off and she can yeah. go full force now yeah she, she she's got full reign of the book and it's fucking great because it was getting sad there for a bit because it's like oh i know you're a good writer but i can just feel your hands yeah. being tied yeah you me. have to write this story about fucking hugh vile that never fucking matters to anything yeah. and you have to do this story about mr worth and all that yeah. bullshit i mean mr worth i liked in theory it was an the all right of, story but yeah it just went on too long and it no. didn't really do anything at the end of the day no all right what uh, what else did you have man what else <clears throat> did you want to talk about uh i had dark knights of steel issue three yes me too oh my god you know people were comparing this <clears throat> saying oh it's uh the game of thrones meets the dc universe and i'm like oh well that's not you know maybe one to one true <laughs> this one felt very game of thrones this was the game of thrones issue yeah <laughs> this was the game of thrones issue uh it starts with kryptonite falling to earth which obviously changes the entire makeup of this conflict that they've been building in the first two issues yeah the this meteor falls and and the elves are the first to know about it because it falls near there it falls in magnus land um, uh-huh. which i guess is a like neighboring nation to them um, but they're the first to see it, thanks to Jimmy Olsen and his uh, telescope. I love that, that Jimmy Olsen is a fucking astronomer. <laughs> it doesn't matter what era, what universe, Jimmy's always going to be looking through a viewfinder. Yep, yep. Very fun. Yeah, uh, so yeah, they send uh, Bruce out to, Bruce and Alfred out to deal with that, to have, have a look at that, despite Mandawalla uh demanding they go to war uh they I, I like i like how the elves are portrayed here where they like uh you, you could you could see it as two ways you could see it as they they're they're imbuing very much like the whole superman thing where they don't want war they want to talk it out all that sort of stuff but there's also a sort of sinister side where they think well we're fucking super superhuman gods like nothing like war is nothing to us yeah, we don't we give a fuck kill about them all it. if we want it. Yeah, we don't need we don't need to worry about war. You can see it as both those ways, which is really cool. It is, and uh, yeah, one uh, of the L's has embraced that ideology <clears> of <throat> kill them all, and that's Zara, who went from like, oh, I want revenge for what happened to my father, to now I don't think we should have any kings at all. Yeah, I'm just gonna go murder everyone, and here she ends up murdering the metal men. 
I fucking loved that. That's so goddamn clever. The metal knights and their suits all look like they're metal. Yeah, and they're all called their like names like gold and lead and everything. So god so goddamn clever. I I would read the Metal Men Knights of Steel book. <laughs> Just cuz I love that shit so so much. <clears throat> that's that's great. You know what Zara is? Zara is the dragon from like that last season of Game of Thrones. I can be anywhere, do anything and cause maximum damage. Yeah, yeah, she's just uh, going around killing whatever she comes across. Uh, Jefferson goes to Themyscira to talk it out with Queen Hippolyta. Almost causes an international incident because he almost takes one step into the Amazon yep. world that he's not supposed to. Yeah, he almost steps on, on the land and he's not allowed there. And Yeah, they end up meeting on the boat and it's basically him sh- shoring up his like allegiances uh, mm-hmm. uh, on the eve of war. And I, I, I like... Um, I like jo- John sort of figuring out that like there's a bit more to Jefferson than he thought because mm-hmm. as as we find out that like, obviously uh, Diana's gonna side with Zala because they're a couple and everything, mm-hmm. um, but he ends up because of because uh, he's pressuring Hippolyta to join him, he ends up driving a wedge between Hippolyta and Diana and causing Diana to leave yep. to sort of um, stop war from happening and in doing so he's gotten rid of that that L uh influence over hippolyta it's it's a total Tyrion <clears throat> move is what it is absolutely absolutely I, I i definitely thought of Tyrion lannister when it, when i was reading that big big Tyrion energy and even constantine's like are we sure you did the right thing there jefferson he's like oh i know i did the right thing yeah uh but it doesn't really seem to matter because zala finds him and ends up fucking killing him <laughs> Again, very Game of Thrones mode where I'm like, well, I thought he was going to make it to the end. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to be like the one to, to end up fighting like Superman at the end there or something. Yeah, I thought he was going to be the guy. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently no one is safe and anyone can die at any moment in this I, book. Again, it's a Tom Taylor book. <laughs> True enough. Again, Injustice guy fucking mastered that already, didn't he? <laughs> no one is safe. No one's safe at all. But yeah, so that uh, that was nuts. And we're promised in the next issue that Alfred will explain the true secret history of the bastard Prince of Bats and the King of L. Yeah, wouldn't it be like kind of kind of uh, wacky? Like they, they do something like they've done in Elseworlds before where like, like, like I think of like the speeding bullets Elseworlds where like mm. there is actually no, like the Batman in that universe isn't Bruce Wayne. It's, it's Clark Kent. Yeah, like yeah. It, And that's what they do here where like the Bruce bruce doesn't actually exist and the bruce character in this is the actual kal-el that would be something and 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 prince kal is the bastard a lot of places you could go with that for sure yeah yeah there's a lot of places we could go you can tell this book has many twists and turns left judging by this issue yeah and we're we're not even like quarter way through it's 12 issues yeah this shit's just getting started yeah shit's uh shit's wild and shit's just getting started uh i'll go really quick through amazing spider-man i know you said you were a couple behind Mm -hmm. basically doc ock is back now and he's looking to fuck up the beyond corporation because he thinks they've stolen from him yeah and you know he he also thinks that you know they have something on one of their drives that's going to answer these mysterious questions he's been saddled with ever since his book ended Mm mm-hmm I don't know about that. I think it's weird that Ock still cares so much about Parker Industries. Yeah, they they they, they were in the, in that uh that one tie-in with him and May. They were very fast and loose about like what he remembers, but he remembers yes. that, but he doesn't remember other things. 
The answer is no one knows, but he remembers. Yeah. But he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, he, they're playing fast and loose with it. I'm just like, dude, Parker Industries was like, how long ago? Get over it, man. Yeah, just get over it. Again, the stock hockey can't. <laughs> no, fucking move on with it. So, like, Ben gets his date night ruined because he has to go deal with uh, Octopus. And it's funny, too, because, again, him and Janie have this very mature, like, well, you know what we signed up for? I know we wanted to have a nice date night, but I guess I got to go do this because Beyond pays for our splendor, unfortunately. Yeah, there's got to be a snapping point coming on that because they, oh, they, they, yeah. that, 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 that's happened, like, a couple of times now where, like, their, their nights have been interrupted or something. There's got to be a moment soon where, like, Jenny just snaps and she's like, nah, fuck this shit. Well... Well, she's getting snappy, too, because she's like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, they they, they only <clears throat> care when you can do something for them. You know, they're always, you know, calling on you for all of these things. And again, she, she kind of ends up being a bit of a hypocrite herself. But again, the book is trying to do a commentary on working for an evil company. And like, you know, how much does Ben know? How much does he care to know? Can he change beyond from the inside? Or is that just a pipe dream? Yeah. That's that's the more interesting side of the book there, and uh, he actually defeats Doctor Octopus very easily because Beyond built him a device to turn off his arms. They're like, yeah, they figured it was only a matter of time before I was fighting, you know, Peter's old foes, so they gave me this. <laughs> I've just been letting you talk this whole time while I turned your arms off. <laughs> but this is brilliant because <clears throat> Auk is like, oh, I never needed my arms to be dangerous, and you would know that if we've ever fought before because they never have. Ben fought the Lady Doc Ock. This is his first yeah. time ever fighting Otto. Yeah. He's like, it's my brain that's actually the really dangerous thing. So he, like, basically takes out his phone and, like, hacks into the security systems of the building and gets, like, a bunch of turret guns to shoot the shit out of Ben. <laughs> nice. A lot of people had a problem with that. A lot of people were like, oh, Ben got jobbed out. He got beaten so easily. No, he underestimated Ock. He thought the fight was over, and Ock is like, the fight's never over with me. No, no, not at all. It's not over until I'm actually... He didn't get beat. Auk won a good victory. There's a big difference. <laughs> it showed that Ben is not ready for someone like Auk. And, like, Peter would not have made that mistake because Peter has been fighting Doc his whole life. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't... He wouldn't misunderestimate him. No, he wouldn't... Again, because when Ben looks at him, he's just like, hey, he's like a little fucking pudgy guy with a bowl cut. I got this. Yeah, yeah. I fight, I fight like, ten of these guys a week, you know? A week, yeah. Peter knows how devious he is, and, like, yeah, he's gonna keep being a problem unless you knock him the fuck out. <laughs> and so, you know, they take him back, and they start patching him up and everything, and uh, Maxine Danger is being very cagey about uh, Drive's worth of information that Ox stole, because no doubt the information he stole is the stuff that implicates Beyond in yeah. Peter's attack and coma. Yeah, yeah. With, with, so that, with that company, that uh, Infinity no. Solutions or whatever the fuck yeah. it was called, yeah. So yeah, so they won't tell him that, and Ben's like, so now I have to go into the fight blind, not even knowing what dark secret I'm protecting. Nice. <laughs> I'm also not a detective, so I don't know where Auk is going to be. I guess I'll just hit the street. But no, Auk just shows up at like the front desk. Like, yes, I'd like to see Ben Riley, please. <laughs> he just fucking shows up for round two, and I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty Auk thing to do. I'm just going to show up at your work. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a little hit and miss. Again, Ox, but Ock is like cooler than he's been in a long time between this and Devil's Reign, even if his motivation seems to be a little all over the damn place. Yeah, they need to do something to like straighten that out. I like that he's here. I like his new design, which is a lot like his old design. I like that he's kicking ass. I just wish he had reason to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's that mostly. Yeah. 
Uh, I had one more book. What about you? Uh, I did as well. I had, where is it? I had Superman, Son of Kal-El, hey. issue six. Me too. How about that? Yeah, so a lot kind of happened this issue. Sure did. I like uh, Tom Taylor also is sure to like uh, drop a little reference to Nightwing because the comic opens up in Bloodhaven. <laughs> yep, yep. And we see, what is it, some of those post-humans kidnapping a bunch of homeless kids who are probably from the same encampment that Dick is trying to help over in his book. Yep, yep, loading them into shipping containers to take back to uh, Gamora to be studied and probably turned into post-humans themselves. They don't give that guy a name. I was calling him no. Sleep. But they actually proved that that's a pretty good power when you can just force people to go to sleep yeah, whenever I just, you want. Yeah, I just called him the Shadow Man, yeah. Yeah, v very creepy, very goth-tastic. Yeah, um, and yeah, the rest of the issue is uh, Jonathan channeling his mother's investigative journalism uh, mm -hmm. skills uh, with him teaming up with Jay uh, to sort of track down uh, an ambassador. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a little awkward <clears throat> at first for them because they had their romantic moment in the last issue. And I love John being like, oh, I need to get my cape back, you know, before I can go be Superman. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, John, you dog, you pull the same trick I pull something. Oh, I left my hat. Hey, can I see you again? <laughs> hey, I'm really hungry. Do you want to get some pizza and maybe tell me your origin story? <laughs> um, yeah, we actually get a lot about uh, his origin this issue. Uh, Jay's origin and we learned that his mother was the former president yeah. of uh, Gilmora before Bendix came in and then uh, like spirited her away to like probably like Gamora and Guantanamo Bay Bay yeah I mean so much for our theory that Bendix is his dad still could be true though <laughs> yeah it still could happen yeah we didn't hear about his dad we heard about his mom maybe that's to throw us off the scent tell us about the mom <laughs> but he's actually the dad like maybe he didn't know or maybe he's not ready to tell him that yet <laughs> yeah 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 uh captain kuhn helping us out again i get the feeling that janie is going to max or max will order a kill squad on janie potentially also don't forget we've got queen goblin coming up as well too and i'm assuming one or either is going to be the queen goblin yeah yeah so that's an option but uh, yeah, so their whole idea is like, well, we need to track down the only lead we have, which is Star Labs, because they tried to fucking kill me at Kent Farm by dropping Faultline on me, so they've clearly been compromised. Yeah, they somehow was able to take uh, Faultline from Star Labs, where she was supposed to be secure and safe. Yeah, so they work in that, which, uh, again, Jay shows how useful his fucking Kitty Pride power is to phase <laughs> through stuff. Yeah, he phases through to try and get the information out of their security uh systems and it's there he runs into robin who's basically doing yeah. the exact same thing love that that everyone had the same idea in this issue and damien's like yeah my best friend and super son teammate they tried to kill him at home so obviously i was gonna look into this i'm like oh he really cares yeah. how sweet yeah and then lois turns up because yeah his her, her son and family were almost killed so she wants to find out as well <laughs> hey, hey we all breaking into the same building hey we all got the same idea let's carpool next time <laughs> that's so funny that they all and that, that they all went in their own different way too but all met at the same point yeah yeah for the same reason yeah <laughs> even the line is funny too where john's like uh, or no jay's like oh i'm john's friend and he's like i'm his friend I'm yeah. his, i thought i was yeah. his only friend what yeah, do you he mean doesn't he, have a, he doesn't have other friends what are you talking about <laughs> And how quickly he goes from jealous to, like, accepting later on when he has, like, that moment. Yeah, that, world, he, that world's greatest detective, he, he knows. He has that, that inkling. 
which which is funny too because that saves you know uh, Tom Taylor from having to write a coming out scene to Damien to have him be like, no, I know, I get it, I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with it. Whatever. It's it's nice and it's sweet because it's like Damien's a little prick a lot of the time and he could like make a joke or have a problem with it, but I like he's like, no, nah, I figured it out. And also too, I feel better now because I'm still your best friend. He's something else to you, so all right, <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling pretty that, good. That, yeah, that's all he cares about. It's like, oh, it's that kind of relationship. That means I'm still the best friend. That's ha, good. <laughs> still number one friend. Yeah, <laughs> I I have expected him to be like, oh, you know, I'm seeing someone too. Her name is Flatline, and she murdered me on our first meeting. So that's pretty serious. <laughs> she's she, she's a sidekick to Lord Deathman, one of my dad's old villains. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> We should double date sometime. And hey, get ready in what is it like late January? We're going to be reuniting for a Super Sons one shot from Tomasi. Yeah, yeah. So get ready for that, everyone. We're priming the pump for that. <laughs> and then what happens, Matt? Um, yeah, they, so they find out that uh, uh, Star Labs is connected uh, from the US government through G- the Gamoran government f- through an ambassador. Uh, and a senator so all levels of corruption yeah so and the ambassador is getting ready to head back to um gamora on that boat that has the kids on it that uh that steep guy took um and they need to get him before he heads back there so they can make him face justice so superman goes after them and faces the sleep guy and i like that john immediately knows okay i'm not getting close to that guy because he's making me Mm -hmm. really sleepy so i'm just gonna like save these people and leave really quickly (laughs) And my, uh, and I'll take the senator as a consolation prize. I like that too because you know I'm sure it's very hard to create new Superman level threats in your book, and the post humans are cool because even though they probably can't beat Superman in one go, they're able to fuck with him just enough <laughs> to where it becomes a problem. Where it's like it doesn't matter if you're invulnerable or super strong or bulletproof. Asleep is asleep. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be they they wouldn't be able to hurt him after that. But like, yeah uh they just like fuck with him and like ruin his day and stuff yeah same with fault line i probably can't kill you but i'll kill everyone around here which you won't let happen because you're superman yeah it's it's a nice touch that taylor has like you know kind of locked into villains who are as much threat to everyone around them yep yeah so that's good yeah and the, the the ambassador lets loose that uh jay's mother is still alive on the island Ooh. and uh we learned that uh, ben, uh bendix has been running uh, the rising which is something he hinted at because lex luther is getting involved in that yes uh, they mentioned it in the annual didn't they yeah which looks to be just like making more post-humans i'm guessing flood the market make it so there's so many post-humans <laughs> everywhere superman will never be able to deal with him exactly yeah which is a clever Bendix idea. We saw it before when he's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to turn up your super senses so you can't ignore anything. Yep. It's very interesting. And like the opposite of Luthor, who's like, we need to kill the Superman. Bendix is like, nah, I just need to keep Superman off my back. Yeah, I just need to keep him busy. Yeah, keep him busy. It's a very interesting idea. And again, I'm glad they just didn't recycle like Luthor type villains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. Good stuff. It's really good. Yeah very interesting book my uh, review of that goes up tomorrow nice so yeah and uh, i guess that's everything matt i guess we're all caught up finally that's everything yeah boy what a what a barn burner of a show this one turned out to be uh, <laughs> thank you everyone who donated we got a lot of really good donations actually uh this episode we're very thankful for that yeah thanks everyone 
Totally, totally. So yeah, we're we're back now, everyone. We're here for 2022. More shows coming down the pipeline. We hope you're excited. Uh, at the end of the month, we're gonna continue to experiment with retro hero video because you all seem to like that. It all seemed to do pretty good numbers. So, yeah, you know that'll pe- be fun. People seem to really like that bootleg one we did for Christmas. They did. I was really happy about that because you know you would work so hard on it and everything, and you know whenever you do something different, it's <clears> always <throat> like a roll of the dice. But people ended up really responding to it. Yeah. So that's good. So as always, everyone, if you're a patron, you'll be able to listen to this back first before anyone else in both video and audio format over on Patreon. Patrons is always super important to us and our whole operation. Uh, We really appreciate it. Obviously, the video version of this will go live Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as it always does on the channel. Be sure to check that one out. And then the audio version, everywhere that good podcasts are found completely ad-free, whenever, wherever. Yeah. (laughs) Sometime afterwards. Sometime, yeah. (laughs) Sometime afterwards. Uh, Anything else to say, Matt? Any parting words before we uh, let the nice people go? Uh, Not really. I'm I'm obviously getting better, so I'm going to be starting to put out more more speaking videos uh, in the next couple of days. I got got a a lot of reviews banked, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, and again, again, just catching up just just before the next week starts, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening and joining us uh, on this Sunday night. Uh, that's great. Uh, I'm going to be trying to get Capes and Crooks back too. Obviously, with the <clears throat> holiday and other responsibilities, we couldn't quite do our big Christmas episode for charity. We're still doing it for charity. I, I felt like such a jag off because the company I was doing it for wrote me. They saw the tweet and they're like, oh, thank you, you know, for all your great charity work and getting the word. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but, you know. I haven't done it yet. You know, you're welcome. Because <laughs> I fear confrontation. So I'm just going to say yes and move on. <laughs> But no, we're going to fucking do it for real, and we're going to actually give some money to a good cause and everything. That's that's what's good about a single-parent charity. It's good whenever. Yeah, yeah. It's good whenever, you know, instead of just like a holiday toy drive, where it's like, oh, you're doing a holiday toy drive in January? <laughs> hey, hey, the Law & Order Special Victims Unit had a Christmas episode this week, so, you know, if it's good enough for Dick Wolf to do late holiday episodes, <laughs> I can do it too. His name is Dick Wolf dick wolf <laughs> he can do anything he can do anything <clears throat> he wants so thank you everyone for watching and listening and matt and i will be back again next week same time same place bye-bye see ya